The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from our man, none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! Wow, there are weirdly a lot of uh, comic book um, related uh, Twitch channels. I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, you can find this particular comic book related Twitch um uh, account at uh, twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles but we'll get to that in a second you can also find uh this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today you could also find us on your podcast browser place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes aka apple podcasts spotify or the coast of the podcast network's soundcloud page Ah, there we go. And of course, it's Thursday, so Critical Role is, out, is going on. Shout out to all the critters out there. Um, but yeah, you can find us recording every Thursday night, uh, 9.30ish p.m. on the aforementioned twitch.tv slash Chronicles and the YouTube channel of the uh, Click Nation, which is you, the youtube.com slash the Click Nation. Make sure to click like and subscribe and leave us all the good reviews. Word them up. Uh, tonight we got a double dip of some um some live action stuff, folks. First off, we're gonna start off with a little bit of Obi Wan Kenobi with part four as a recap. And right, we're gonna, so we're gonna ring the spoiler bell for everything tonight. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, listen to the audio version, then you already you already know. But yeah, we're gonna be rolling, you know, relatively light on the spoilers because these shows did just drop, uh, on, you know, in in real time yesterday from the date of this recording. Mm-hmm. But just in case you are behind, I'm dropping. We're ringing the spoiler bell for both episode four of Obi Wan Kenobi and episode one of Ms. Marvel. So here we go in three, two, one. Spoilers are incoming. Make sure to duck. So yes, um, Obi Wan Kenobi Part Four, 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 Four. This one is actually a pretty—I don't want to say cut and dry episode, but it just kind of moves along a pace that you would expect. Um, after the events of last uh, episode, um, 
we 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 find Obi Wan in deep concentration because he's no comedian. Um, hmm. After um, uh, he's actually chilling in the back to tank, but he did not. He does not know this for the first few couple of minutes. He's also apparently not necessarily communing, but he and um, one Darth Vader are kind of having a both having a a back uh, a back to tank um, <laughs> a back to tank. Um, joining by the by way of the force and uh which disorients uh obi-wan he finds himself waking up in the tank and you know trying to get his bearings and whatnot uh still not fully healed as we come to find out because he didn't stay in the tank long enough um but he still wants to go and try to rescue uh little leia from the fortress inquisitorius of which apparently we find out from um, one to O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe his name is Rokan. Rokan. I can't remember his. Uh, that is near impossible. And as we, uh, as folks may or may not know, uh, Fortress Inquisitorius is on a water planet in the Mustafar system. Um, and it's away from pretty much everything, so it's kind of hard to get into. But apparently, Obi Wan's like, "Hey, get some of those T forty sevens and let's let's do this." Which the T forty sevens are those snow speeders from uh, the from um, Empire? Uh, excuse me, yeah, from from Empire Strikes Back, as folks may or may not know. But the the crew that they are with are like, ah, you know what? We're not soldiers, so we don't we don't feel too comfortable about that. For some strange reason, Tala is like, you know what? I'm down to do this, even though it jeopardizes my um, my, my double agent status. Um, which partially, if I, if I take this aside real quick, doesn't make any sense until you realize that her character was originally supposed to be a love interest for, for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Because as is, it's like, well, why would she even jeopardize this for, 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 you know, for somebody she barely met? But I guess they part of that they couldn't really cut out. So it cut it so it kind of basically comes up, comes across that like well that could have been the case but apparently it's they 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 wrote that part out of the show which makes sense there's only six episodes anyway uh so they they come across a plan they they get a plan together to uh infiltrate the fortress using Tala's um uh imperial credentials uh and everything pretty much goes well until later on in the episode um to where uh, on the other side of that, um, Riva is interrogating Lolea, you know, trying to be nice at first, but of course this is Leia. I would say this is not her first rodeo being uh, captured and, and, and interrogated, but in, in this case, it is. <laughs> well, yeah, at least interrogated in this fashion, yeah. Right. Because, and some people are making parallels with to... to um, this with a new hope where she also gets captured and interrogated and of course that there's a familiar uh there's one part of this that is quite familiar to fans especially in sound effect wise uh when she's uh strung up later on when in the in torture device and a familiar sound effects it starts to starts to go off but we'll get to that in a second uh so yeah like i said the um, they the um tala and obi-wan Kind of get into for, uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius. Uh, Obi Wan gets in by water. Um, like I said, Tala gets in through her um, through her uh, credentials. Um, 
they both are met with resistances in a little ways, but has somehow taken care of them. Um, Obi-Wan, while rusty with the force, manages to, to Jedi mind trick a couple of stormtroopers who don't want to be there in the first place. Because right. <laughs> they were like, uh, yeah, this place is creepy. I hope we're going to be here long. And come to find out later on, they won't be. Um, so, um, but yeah, they, uh, they infiltrate the fortress. They find um, Leia, but not before... Um, Leia and and Reva have a, have um. Well, Leia pretty much does what she did with um with um with um Alderaan in the beginning of the uh, when she got captured and put them off on another planet. Which I'm pretty sure Hondo and Nako wouldn't would be um would be very upset to find out his um planet was used as a scapegoat mm-hmm. because that is the planet she tells Reva that the um that the path is on. Reva's like, nah, you're lying. So then she decides to uh, hook her up to the torture, torture uh, device. But um, um, Obi-Wan calls for a distraction, which leads Tala to, to con- con- uh, confront Reva. And then uh, Obi-Wan gets Leia out of her restraints, uses some stealth Jedi tactic- tactics, and they try to escape, but not without a couple of firefights and some breaking of a glass because part of this base is underwater and <laughs> and therein uh ends up flooding part of the base. Um But they almost get away. Well they actually do they almost get away because of the old um three kids in a coat trick. Uh but <laughs> That was one of the silliest things I have seen in a long time. Right. I'm sitting here like, you can't seriously think that that, that was actually going to work. But then again, you're in a base full of, you were in the area they were in, which is pretty much the, um, I guess, the, the, staging, the staging area for their um, for their vehicles. Like, people weren't really paying attention to doing a job. Plus, there's a bunch of stormtroopers. And we know stormtroopers are not the most brightest people. So Right. They're not exactly observant. Right. And- that's exactly no. That's exactly what they're praying. You know that what what our what our heroes are praying upon. Right. Exactly. But Reva catches up to him, but not before. Um, well, we'll get to that in a second. Actually, um, well, they catches up to him, but uh, not undue to some timely intervention of uh, the aforementioned T forty sevens. Our heroes get away, with the exception of one who gets uh, a <laughs> who gets a piece of uh, equipment lobbed at him, and they're. Um, vehicle gets knocked out of the sky and they gone uh, yeah everybody... that was weird like just for a hot second I was like how did that happen right you know like how you know like what was that some magnetic you know some magnetic uh, 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 bomb or something and then I realized what happened right oh no no yeah Reva with through a through a uh, through a thing in the engine and blew up <laughs> so you know just for like a half second I was just like what the heck was that right what weapon is that you know right because I was thinking, because if I figured one or two things was going to happen, like uh, the dude that was, so there was a, there was, in order for them to get away, somebody had to keep Reva and the other, um, yeah, Reva, the fifth brother and everybody else occupied. But, um, so she was busy trying to, trying to, she was, she was busy, you know, dealing with the, 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 uh, the speeder, which I thought the speeder was kind of go out, go to go down another way, but it didn't. So, because mm-hmm. I figured it's just gonna just knock the blast back at him or something like that, but nope, got him on the way out. So, like I said, 
Um, everybody else gets away with sadly that loss, but not before we find out that um, Vader, who was none too happy, found out that Reva had put um, a tracking device um, on the ship. And I'm sitting here like, wait, what ship did she put a tracking device on? Because there's no way she knew that uh, those ships that were that came in was going to be there. But then we come to find out, and and, I, and it was right then I thought about, it, oh right, this is how. Because while uh, Reva was interrogating Leia, she got a hold uh, to Leia's droid, Lola. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is where we find out where the uh, the tracking device had been put in. And at the end of the show, we kind of see more shades of that. Right. So, just like in true episode four fashion, um, once again, or I guess for the once again for the first time, uh, the rebels are going to get found out due to a tracking device they did not know that was on them because they were quote unquote let go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the parallels to like I said, uh, uh, episode four, A New Hope. Um, there there were a few in this episode, and that was that was pretty much it for it. It was it was a good episode, you know. Like I said, that is. Right. Uh, uh, it can't. moved things along. It wasn't exactly, you know, it wasn't exactly as riveting as the first two. Right. Uh, I think that the first two are probably the highlight of this show so far, but now we're getting to the end and we'll see if they stick the landing. Because this was, as you as you mentioned, this was the, uh, the homage to episode four and part of episode five as well. And ultimately we have... In the, the the setup to what we're presuming is going to be the, the 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 penultimate and the final showdowns. Right. So we'll see if in fact they make use of Hayden Christensen in this. You know his face, his voice somewhere. I mean, he's he technically has. I mean, not to not to the extent that we you you would have thought it would have been right, but... right, right, and that's why I mentioned it. Right. That's why I mentioned it is because. It's weird that they would bring him back and he would basically not make much of a sound and would just be walking around and would be flailing about in a back to tank. Right. Well, yeah, because there's, there's that and then there was that one part on in episode, I think, two where the, uh, Obi-Wan thought he saw a ghost. And I think that was supposed to be him also. And I think supposedly, isn't he supposed to be in a Darth Vader suit? So I don't, I don't, that's, what I, that's my point. That's yeah. my point. He's just walking around in the suit, but it's not his voice coming out. Right. And we don't see his face at all, other than in the back of the tank. Right. So, yeah, you know, hey, he's there. That's all that matters. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But uh, but in any event, you know, there's a couple of things that do pop up uh, over the course of the episode that, uh, you know, that are Easter eggs and, and, mm. and whatnot. We do get to see something in the... Um, uh, in in the, the Inquisitor's base that was pretty creepy. You know, basically like kind of Jurassic oh, yes. Park style stored in the amber. Yes. Um, Apparently you know, the uh, fortress has another function which we won't go into uh, and that which leads, uh, that have led other, some people to some speculation um, right. in the fan base. Right. We don't know exactly what it is. We don't know if, if it's a, a form of stasis, if it's, a, if it's like carbonite or or not so we'll it is, see yeah it is believed that it is definitely not neither one of those put it that way mm-hmm. it is it is as what they said in the show it was what they alluded to it being in the the show 
Right. So it's more like Amber, Jurassic Park style, which is out this week, which we're probably all not going to rush to see. No, definitely not. So, yeah, because at first when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, they're encased in carbonite. But I was like, no, that's not carbonite at all. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is a trophy case. (laughs) And no. And as much as I would love to believe that one particular one that people are thinking is a certain person, uh, I think it has been pretty much confirmed to be not. Right. So... I, and I'm still not thinking that person is dead, but that's just me, you know. We 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 leave it at that. So yeah, um, but that's pretty much the 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 ins and outs of that uh, episode. We can go ahead and move on to Miss Marvel. Okay. I mean, unless you had something else, you had you know. No, no, no. I was just scanning. You know, we we're we're going through. Uh, 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 a publicly available article for you know for notes. I'm just looking to see if there's something here. Um, Excuse me. Oh, okay. No, there's a there's a note here about actress Maya Erskine, and I'm like, so that was the the yes, that was the the Sully. pilot that was sad. Okay, mm-hmm. Sully. Yeah. So so I I saw her face, and I'm like, she looks familiar, but I'm not sure where I know her from. Do you know? Right. You know, okay. I listen. I don't have the foggiest. You know, didn't ring any sorts of bells. Right. Obviously, O'Shea Jackson Jr. We know who the, we know who that right. is, but right. And just, even even I was saying something along the lines of, um, uh, you know, uh, Ice Cube Jr. got a little, you know, put a little weight on apparently because right. I didn't exactly recognize him right away. All right. So Maya Erskine is in was a, is from Pen Fifteen. I did um, notice that she looked vaguely Asian. Right. She looked like so. She looked like this girl that I've seen in like um, a couple of commercials here and there, um, uh, but I don't think that's her. So, uh, regardless, because I forget like her, like I said, her face looked familiar. I just don't know if I actually know her from from somewhere. And uh, given what you just said, I don't know that. I have not seen that show, but I've right. Seen she has very that. different hair in that Pen Fifteen show, right? So. so, but in any event, moving on to Ms. Marvel. Uh, so yes. What I was gonna say, uh, the, the funniest part about uh, this, what was the what's the actual title? Is it is the actual title Sloth Baby Productions presents Ms. Marvel episode one? I don't think it I don't think had so. A title title. I didn't think it had a title, but right. I mean, they could but be. I got a kick out of this Marvel.com article. Yeah, that you know that 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 is titled. Sloth Baby Productions presents Miss <laughs> Marvel episode one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're really leaning into the uh, the Miss Marvel Miss Marvel aesthetic with uh, with everything with the show, and I enjoyed it. Uh, just to go ahead and get that out of the way. Oh no, it's called Generation Y. Oh, that's right. Yes, right, right. Generation Y W H Y. That's right. Because I think it does say that on on Disney Plus. Um. So yeah. So um. Miss Marvel episode one. We meet, uh, we finally get uh, live action Kamala Khan, um, played by one Miss uh, Iman Vellani. And I will go ahead and say right off the bat, I I enjoy her portrayal. Like, it's not exactly what I expected from from uh, what I know from the comics, but at the same time, the, the feel is there. 
personally. Right. Hold hold that thought sure. because going into this, and I, I think you make an excellent point, you bring up an excellent point that we need to remind ourselves as fans of the comics and of the adaptations mm-hmm. into both film and television, you know, streaming television. We have to remember that these are adaptations, so they're not going to be straight up translations, right. you know, straight up transfers from the comic book page to, uh, you know, uh, you, people used to say celluloid, but to digital form, right? right. So ultimately, there's go- there are going to be changes, and first among which are the fact that uh, Kamala's origin is changed to a pretty big extent from the comic book version. Mm-hmm. There are obvious adaptations to make it so that Kamala's not going out to a late night party. That's not her, you know, that's not the thing that gets her uh, uh, exposed to the Terrigen Mists. But it's close. Right. But they change it, and what I loved about what they changed it to mm-hmm. is that it's even more up to date. And more in line with why she would sneak out. Exactly. I really appreciated that particular adaptation. Mm-hmm. The other adaptation, which you know we'll, we'll probably be discussing and debating over the course of this uh, limited series and over the course of her career in the Marvel Universe, is the change to her powers yes. and the fact that um, they're not inhuman-based. And we'll talk about where they come from as we discuss this episode, but bear in mind that this is a very different take on how Ms. Marvel comes to be than it is in the comic book. So if you have decided to read the comic books ahead of time to get a feel for the character, right, to get a feel for the character, that's all well and good, but don't expect to be... Uh, don't expect to be... Uh, uh, in the know when it comes to her powers because all of us are on the same footing right now. We're all sort of trying to figure out how they're going to tie in what we see in this episode and the artifact that she's dealing with. Bear in mind that artifact has a symbolic uh, uh, has some symbolic importance in the comics. Right? Yes. But it's nowhere near to what it is now and you know, what it is in, in, in this show. Right. I believe we had talked about this in the past under speculation and which might end up being more right than than anyone who thought about it, including myself, ends up being. But we will figure out we'll we'll find out what that would ends up uh playing a part of. Um Oh, and also I guess the the whole Avengers Con thing, which I'll go ahead and say is now well, I I'll get to that in a second, but the whole right. Avengers Con thing Um the Avengers Con thing might also be something um, adapted from the video game of uh, Marvel's Adventures. Mm. It, it wasn't a convention per se, but it was like an Avengers. There was an Avengers Day event that was going on where her and her dad went to, uh, and that started off the, the course of the game. But it was kind of sort of similar to this. So I'm kind of wondering if they took a little that they took a little something from the video game. Uh, yeah, Marvel's that, Avengers from that. That doesn't sound. That doesn't sound completely out of left field i just like the fact that you know as con goers we're just like oh okay i see that i see that as you know just a a a great thing for you know uh you know uh kamala khan in this is 16 years old she's getting her legs under her in terms of her independence Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things that you would want to go to as a 16 year old right 
So anyway, as Rodicat was going to uh, mention, go ahead. Um. Oh, I was mentioning about um, her. Uh, well, I actually totally forgot what I was going to say. Outside of the fact that, yeah, we, we um, it's definitely not a wonder what take as Agent Seventy said into Kamala. But like I said, they got the feel of the books in this uh, so far, uh, pretty much on point uh, with the character. So going into the, uh, the the brushstrokes of the episode, we meet Kamala, we meet her parents, we meet her best friends Bruno and Nakia. Um, um, we start off with, um, like I said, and we're not going to do beat by beat, but just a couple of things here and there. Um, exactly. Um, like some of the things they changed that one of the things that they changed is that Kamala is now a YouTuber as opposed, as opposed to like just writing fanfic. Right. You know, and, but although that's something that she's done. Right. But it just updates the story a little. Right. Also think, think similarly to those, uh, graphics that came, um, that came from, um, Spider-Man, uh, uh, uh Spider-Man home series. It's kind of long on the longs of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which makes, which makes sense because they seem like they might be similarly aged or, I mean, I, I think that Peter might be a slightly older than her, uh, in, in this respect, but regardless, um, um, but yeah, it's like I said, we meet her, we meet our friends, we meet our parents. Um, we get some very interesting, very straight out of the comic book dialogue and, uh, with her, with her and her parents, uh, early on, which was kind of funny. Um, uh, Kamala fails her driver's test, <laughs> which that's, a, that's the thing that didn't happen in the comic books. But that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, was that from the comics? I no. did not remember that. Mm-mm. Like I said, I like I told Agent Seventy before I um and I, even if I hadn't, I, I definitely remember her not ever taking any kind of drivers. So, not, well, at least let me phrase that: I don't remember taking it, but definitely not right off the bat. But like I said, I remember I read the the first arc before, well, within the last couple of days before watching the show, and like I said, I can tell that there are definitely some dialogue uh, that is uh, and some references that are directly out of the book. Um, and the driver's test, definitely not one of them at all. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, we also get to meet Zoe, who I guess kind of is like the the beginnings in her book, because Zoe has come from, come a long way in, from the beginning of the book than what she is now, but they, they we meet her, we meet all of them, we go to the Circle Q, which is where Bruno works, and that's pretty much um, where Bruno works. Uh, they're working on her costume for the costume contest for at Avengers Con, uh, but they still haven't. But she still hadn't told her parents or asked her parents to go. And there's that whole thing going on with this, uh, which eventually leads her to um, sneaking out of the house. Um, uh, she gets this box that has "quote unquote" junk from her grandma, uh, and where we find the bangle. Um, that she ends up taking with her later uh, and using, I, I, I'm just going to call it the quantum band. <laughs> Although I thought there was going to be two of them. Right. And I don't know. And, and, and I have some questions about whether or not it actually is I this still, particular I mean, thing. Right. Because of what, because of, uh, of what happens, but go on. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I mean, Lexa, there's, there's still speculation. We don't know one way or the other, but I'm kind of going along with it one way or the other. Uh, so yeah. Um, she ends up, she ends up grabbing that uh, said bangle and using it in her costume. Um, 
Um, and uh, but I guess previous before this, uh, she ended up asking her parents to go to this thing and they were like, yeah, you can go under certain conditions. And that was a sad scene right then because she didn't want to go with her, with her dad. Right. And didn't want very to dress much up. A teenage, yeah. Very much a teenage thing where she's embarrassed at the idea of being seen in public at a thing with her parents. And that's just a shot right to the gut for her dad, especially. And not only that, right. As Hulk. Right. And not only, exactly. And not only that, but not as the character she wanted to go as, but as another character, which uh, her mom had made a, uh, um, a costume Cost- for. Yeah. Which right. was a nice looking costume, by the way. But yeah, but you know, she already had one and you know, it was like, like I said, that whole scene was sad. Uh, but it, like I said, eventually, uh, just cutting to the, to, to, to the thing. She ends up going to the thing after this elaborate elaborate plan. She uh, and she cooks up with Bruno, uh, and they make it there. She puts the bracelet on, which activates her powers. And um, uh, you know, we we get the first strains of their, her power use and uh, some some little bit of misadventure in uh, all of that before. Um, she and Bruno hightail it out of there because of what happens and makes it home, which she still gets in trouble because, you know, she came in late and gets... She came in mad late. Two yeah, hours late. Two hours late. But then again, her whole plan was off by so so much time. So, right. <laughs> um, and to get talked to by her mom, uh, which who was had been disappointed the whole episode, but definitely in the, in the, in the case, which again was a thing from the comic books, you know. Um, although, if I remember correctly from the comic books, it was more her dad that would normally talk to her more often than her than her than her mom would. But that's beside the point, you know. Um, and uh, which leads her at the end of the episode, kind of in her room, um, kind of sad, but also contemplating the fact that hey, she now has powers. Mm-hmm. Um. Not not like the ones that we know she's supposed to, but you know, useful nonetheless. She didn't turn into Miss Marvel. I mean, she didn't t- turn it. Yeah, she did, definitely didn't turn into Miss Marvel. She didn't do the stretchy hands thing, although she did do the uh, Green Lantern thing. Um, All right, we did not hear her trademark in beginning yet. Not yet. Um, although what we did get in this episode was a very short post credit scene. Yes, we did. Which had to do with, I didn't realize this at first, um, and I guess I should have, but um, that was damage control. I needed the internet to remind me of that, because it's been a while, and I still haven't bought my copy of No Way Home. Right. So I haven't really watched No Way Home again since coming home from it in the theater mm-hmm. so i you know i do need to remind myself to get around to you know, it's funny because of because of the disney plus mm-hmm. i'm so used to just having those movies up and i have i'm a little bit behind on my physical uh collecting yeah of the movies you know i still haven't gotten widow i still need to get shang chi same yeah. eternals and you know now Doctor Strange is coming out too, so you know I've got a, a few DVDs to pick up on top of No Way Home, mm-hmm. so or Blu-rays at least. So bottom line is, um, I need you know like I I did not 
I rec- you know the 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 familiarity was there. Right. The, oh, I know this person from somewhere, but I did not remember that this is that these characters, or at least this 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 male character, was from Damage Control from the from No Way Home. Right, and I couldn't remember where the exact. Just like yo, I couldn't remember where and where he. I was like, okay, he looks familiar, but I don't know from where. And then it was, and then like you, the uh, the internet reminded me. I was like, oh right, Damage right. Control. Because normally you would have seen at least a letterhead or something on it, but we didn't didn't really see that. I wasn't even right. really expecting that um, uh, in credit scene up until like I think somebody had mentioned it. But um, so yeah, so there was that, and then we had. Well, what's funny about? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say just the the, the two um, the two damage control agents talking about the the uh, what happened at Avengers Con, and then you know what they were planning to do about it. Right, right, right. They're going to go after her. Right. Trying to bring her in. So what? 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 All I was going to add was that when Disney Plus does not immediately pan out to the the, the recommended show, right. you notice the ground. Mm-hmm. You notice the ground. It's going to play something else, Correct. even if it's just like a slight extended credit where they want you to see the credit. Uh, so I knew something was up when the credits had played and there was, uh, and, and, and the screen had not morphed into, you know, you just finished watching this, you know, tune into this instead or tune into this because you, we think you'll like it. So, but I think, but even still with that though, I think they've gotten to the point to where it's like, they'll get to where the, the title sequence comes up. Like they'll get to all the names and and then they'll get to the, 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 you know, the, the title of the show before they, and then they'll put the, um, put that up which i was expecting right. them the to kind of do didn't change right because right. the fact that it didn't change that's why i i i i uh i stayed glued to my screen right so so that was that and outside of being kind of slightly forewarned was like okay you know i was gonna do it anyway because you know trained <laughs> but you didn't really expect there to be an in credit scene this early on in a marvel show Right, we've kind of been trained to this point to pay attention around the third or fourth episode. Right. So, so, but otherwise, that like I said, getting back to the uh, the um, the impressions of it, I, I enjoyed the first the, this first episode. Like I said, the feel was there, the the uh, the references were there, the whole I, I see where they tried to. I feel like they tried to do an Al- Al- Alfona thing with some of the backgrounds and just kind of putting art up, you know, while they were kind of going. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, that definitely there was a nod to G Willow Wilson there with her teacher. I feel like, oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and in everything else, you know, and some of the other stuff that looks. Like, if you have read the fir- the first chapter of uh, the first arc of um, of uh, the Miss Marvel series, the very first one, I should say, because there have been very there have been plenty uh, number ones since that very first one. But um, you will definitely notice some some things ripped from the book. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, Ms. Marvel does suffer. The book, at least, suffers a little bit from crossover BS, where there's a couple of crossovers that, you know, uh, Ms. Marvel has to participate in that kind of uh, take a, takes away from, you know, the continuity in her story. But... I, you know, we still recommend that you go back and read it. You know, I think that they translate just the the, the heart that's in mm-hmm. the Ms. Marvel book onto the screen, onto the onto the digital screen. Well, I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate that uh, that Bruno is just like a, a, a an accepted member of the Khan family. <laughs> He's just in and out the door, mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
And, and then I had to remember that, <laughs> oh, Bruno doesn't exactly have the best family origin himself. Right. So that's, you know, because part of me is like, well, you know, they're so intent on sheltering Kamala. But at the same time, she's got this dude friend that comes in and out of the house every day. And I'm kind of wondering, speaking of that first volume, because there is something that gets brought up. I wonder if they're going to actually bring up because they I, I think there was definitely a reference to one of um, one of Kamala's, uh, I guess, arch enemies or whatever the case may be that they kind of put in as a reference. But I don't know if that's actually going to show up in the show. But also, you know, like you said, Bruno's uh, family. You know, there, mm-hmm. there was bits of that that kind of came up in the first uh, in the first arc uh, that I don't know if they're going to do anything with or not. So, I'm, I'm very curious if they're going to do it, do that, or or kind of go a different way with it. But I guess we will see. And we only got six. Well, actually, wait. How many episodes do we have? Actually? That's you, you know what. Before we ended, I was going to ask that. Do we know what the episode count is on this? I thought it was probably like I want to say it was like ten, but I'm not sure. I don't. I, so I don't, don't want you to quote me on that. To the Google. All right. Uh, see, I'm actually going to see if uh, IMDb has something on it right now. Live podcasting, folks. You gotta love it. You know it. You know it. Uh, six. Oh, weird. I mean, that's the going rate for, you know, for these Marvel shows. But I thought it was going to be a little bit more. Well, pro- you know what? Five will get you ten. It's only six because they know it's going to be. There's going to they're going to explore more about her in the Captain Marvel movie it's next true. year. True. And, I, and Feige. Yeah. Feige said as much. Pretty much. Um. So, yeah. Man, there you go. Six episodes. So hope they'll well, make them up. With, and maybe who knows? Maybe she'll get another. So. Maybe she'll get another season. Uh, she'll get a season two outside of um, uh, being in the Marvels. Because I mm-hmm. believe Shang-Chi, along with getting another movie, is also getting a show. Shang-Chi. I don't know. I've seen, I've, I've been seeing shades of that recently. And I'm sitting here like, I don't remember. I saw an article from like December that's kind of said as much like, yeah, there's going to be a sequel, but it also might be a show. Mm. And I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but that's that is something for for another. It's new to me. That's yeah, I know it wasn't me when I saw it too. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I was going to bring up Kim's convenience, but I was like, it's definitely not going to be like that. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like I said, um, the the um, just just reiterate impressions for from Miss Marvel. I'm looking forward to next the next. Um, the, the next week's show. Um, we definitely see... We definitely the, have an action-packed Wednesday. You know, we have definitely... You know, we have this weird double, you know, double header. Yeah, at least for Wednesday. the next couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. So, because, uh, yeah, because Obi-Wan's got only only got, like, two episodes left. And two we got, more, yeah. Yeah, we got five more from from um, from Ms. Marvel. So, it's going to be something for the next couple of weeks, folks. Um... I forgot to mention the part about Scott Lang, but the, the less about that, the better. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I, listen, he's joined the ranks of podcasters, apparently. I, in the apparently. Wake of Endgame. Yeah, uh, apparently. In the wake of Endgame. <laughs> I mean, the dude had to do something. Um, so, yeah. And the whole Sloth Baby thing, that was kind of like, you know, that's kind of Kamala's thing. So, yeah, like I said, all the touches are there. It, it, it's a good time all the way around. So, I'm just, I'm very much excited about where they're going to take the show uh, next. <laughs> 
in in what time we have with it. So, yeah, you know, folks, we're not getting into all the little nitty gritty things like how on earth can someone be a fan of Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel has only appeared on Earth like the grand total of two times? Right. You know, so we're just not sure. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna spend our disbelief on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, and probably maybe also can thank Scott Lang for that one also. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we have to assume that there must have been some sort of footage of the battle of Avengers Compound. I can't imagine how. Well, yeah. There had to be somewhere. I know. Somewhere, somehow. It could be satellite footage. It could be, you know, overhead, uh, you know, surveillance footage. They sent planes in, drones in. We don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, it is kind of weird, um, the, especially with the detail uh, from what information we get at the beginning of this episode. I was like, yeah, I don't know if that was all public knowledge. And the Avengers compound got pretty much destroyed. So I can't imagine if there were any any um, cameras Surveillance in the cameras. place. Yeah, yeah, if there were any in the place, them jokers were gone. Right. <laughs> So right. you know we're we're left to we're left to presume that there was something overhead flying overhead, you know, even though that battle really only took what half an hour at most in real time, probably you know, so yeah, I don't know who's to say maybe some what what kind of tech was on the job we don't we don't know, yeah, we don't know um regardless uh we are going to push on from uh the Miss Marvels to the books of the week. And I do believe. Oh, come on! <laughs> uh, Agent Seventy getting his um, weekly sports, uh, sports, uh, <sighs> sports ball stuff in. Ah, oh, you're killing me! <laughs> All right, yeah. So we're gonna transition over to comics, and our first comic of the week mm-hmm. is Amazing Spider-Man number three. So the creative team on Amazing Spider-Man number three, this book is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So just to you Wait, know, lead hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on for a second, because I need to ask you a, per, a potential question that I feel like you, and you might even going to get into it. Was Romita Jr.'s art seem a little sparse? In places, I don't know if sparse is the right word. I mean, it might not be, but I don't know. It just feels like it was just kind of, and I don't want to say it's like Ruskis because obviously Romita Jr., you know, he's a great artist, but I don't know. It just feels like it was like a like, little, little dis- So I, and I say this because of like there is, um, there was a panel with Robbie Robertson that made him look that to me made him look like Molecule Man. So I don't know, but I don't, you know, as you, I, I defer to you on art matters. Well, what's weird about what was weird about this issue is that it's a lot of talking. Yes. There's not a lot of action, right? It's a lot of talking heads. I was kind of put off by the fact that, so we get a little bit, it's not a lot. We get a little bit of an origin for Lonnie Lincoln, AKA tombstone. Right. Right. And I'm like, wait a second, didn't Lonnie Lincoln grow up in a black neighborhood? Why are these bullies white? 
Well, let's presume that he left out the neighborhood going somewhere else. But I thought about that too. Like, yeah, if I didn't know he was born and raised in Harlem or something. And right, so, that was my understanding. Right. So that part kind of kind of kind of got I me too. I'm like, I don't like like ran on the on the on the fringes of Harlem. Maybe there was some some folks around, but I, at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know where this was taking place. Right. So, you know, that was the, the, the first thing, the very first thing I bumped on in this right. issue, because we're getting a lot in, in here of, uh, 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 you know, kind of raising the profile of Tombstone a little bit, making him a little bit more worthy of being like a uh, just below the level of a Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, giving him a little bit more depth in terms of his um, his. Uh, his motivations. And this is something that's been in the works for a while. This is something that was going on in the previous arc under Spencer, um, where, you know, they were developing, uh, tombstone and, and his daughter, mm-hmm. right. And, and their relationship and, and the budding relationship with Robbie Robertson's son, Randy. So, um, you know, if anything, I felt like this this was just a talking heads. It was, it was a glorified talking heads issue. Probably so that's why I was kind of surprised why when you mentioned when you asked if, if if the art was a little sparse. It could be an inking thing. I don't mm. know if Hannah made uh, you know uh, decisions in that regard or uh, Marcio Minis made some decisions on the coloring. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't so keen on how they colored the. The, the 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 flashback sequences mm. that was a little weird to me you know where they they, they color everything like super pale mm-hmm. well the funny part about that to me is like and the reason the, the thing that kind of struck me is like the the coloring of janice particularly because every other seemed like every other time she shows up and janice is the new beetle for, for folks that did not know but Every time she shows up, she's like a different shade, different color. You know, she's she, she shaded light. She's either like real light or like this is the darkest I've seen her probably ever. You know, and every other time, who's, it uh, doesn't matter who is it, she's a different shade. So that was kind of funny to me. Really? Uh, yeah. I noticed that, I you know, maybe maybe it's just the way our, 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 uh, our light you know, because we're looking at review copies, folks. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't have our paper copies in front of us. So, I thought that you know she's supposed to be of mixed heritage, right? Correct. But still, like I said, every so every time you've seen her, right. So what's funny is that the, like she and Randy are sitting by an open window. So I noticed that she's highlighted, mm-hmm. right? And her skin tone is actually lighter than I remember it, which but, is funny that you're thinking it's darker. No, it's yeah. To me, it's very much darker because like you you can go back to like other books. I feel like it might even be on her her wiki page or something. Like she, depending on who's who's drawing her or coloring her, she's been way lighter than this. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and actually, speaking of uh, her and Randy's relationship and wherein their parents. That was another thing that kind of struck me on this, because because as far as that last arc is concerned, I could have sworn uh, Robbie they squashed it. Yeah, I thought like they were on better terms than this, and now all of a sudden Tombstone. Now, granted, he did say last year, like, no, I'm not the I'm not the dad anymore, you know, or I'm not the dad you you think I should be anymore, like that. But I was like, I didn't think that had anything to do with her his relationship with Robbie. Like I figured, like you said, they had squashed that. So right. for them to have this turnaround like this didn't make didn't make that much sense to me. 
<sighs> well, you know, well, I, I'm not 100 percent sure where Wells is going with this, with this time jump and right. splitting. You know, we we do get a little bit of movement on the MJ story mm-hmm. at the beginning of the issue, but it's just you know a little incremental development in uh, in that story. Right. So we we won't see that for a little while still. You know, we won't get more info on that for a little while still. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't know. It, 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 it's tough to it's tough to kind of jump right back into the bad old Parker luck right away. Right. And we also know that, and I don't know if this is the case of this, so I'm not suggesting that it is, but there have been times where, hey, here's one arc or here's one big story where the the creative team does this, and then the next creative team comes and just kind of scrubs that out. Right. For for whatever other reason. Um, Who's to say if that is the case here, but it, it feels like that might be where that's going, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at this point. Right. So, like, like uh, Agent Seventy said, yeah, we don't necessarily know where he's going in it, and we still there's a bits about the time jump. We still don't necessarily know whether that changes that particular situation or not. It's still weird. Like the MJ thing mm-hmm. is like, okay, yeah, sure, that that was kind of weird, but also like, okay, th- that has happened before. Like, if that's her new man, then okay, we've seen that happen before, uh, and you know, that'll probably not be there for that much longer. Who knows? We don't. Who, yeah, or, we don't know. Yeah. But given how a lot of this stuff is developing in very long form, you know, it's not even, it's hard to, it's hard to even call it long form storytelling, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these stories just seem to, to go on and on. We may not see this, the, 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 the resolution of this for a year. Yeah. That's, that's also possible, potentially true. I hope not. Cause as we have seen in the last volume, um, that doesn't necessarily hold people (laughs) the way, the, the, uh, the way they think it might. Right. So, good luck on that one. But you got us for at least an arc. You know, I don't. He, I don't think Zeb Wells can pull the same thing that um, uh, was it Nick Spencer? Right. Well, even Nick Spencer, but who, whoever did that last arc, um, that that stuff to pull that kind of kept us there probably won't be able to keep that same uh, momentum. I don't believe. Who's to say? But we don't know what's coming up. So. Yeah, I was about to say, who did the last run on Spidey? I forget. That's what I'm trying to remember. I thought it was Spencer, but I don't think that's true. Um, Everyone likes to blame Slot, but Slot's been off for a while. Yeah, Slot's been way gone off of this. I don't know what's what's people's problem. (laughs) And Slot's run was actually pretty good, despite, you know, some some things here and there. Right. I mean, for the most part, it was enjoyable. Right. You know, that's the funny part. Right. So I don't I don't understand, but people just want to hate Slot because probably because of his um his uh social his media political leanings, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So screw those people. That's so funny. All right, hold on. Let's see here. Oh, you're looking up. You're looking to see who's um. Yeah, I'm looking to see. Yeah, because I totally blanked on next. That's how much we trying to was trying to get away from it in the first place. <laughs> It's so funny because I remember it started with Spencer. I want to see who finished it. Hmm. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Hold on. Is that Thompson? Hold on. Robert Thompson? No. Were they on a. Wait, were, were these a team? Was this a team up uh, where they were going back and forth? 
Yeah, I think they. I think it was like a like a, 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 a uh, like a like a brand new day type crew. Oh, Wait, they, okay. they Wait was yeah, it? no, they were trading back and forth. Oh, so it was that Wells? Yeah, it was Wells. Okay. They were trading back and forth because McKay picked up a couple here, Wells picked up a couple here, mm. Ziegler, remember that? It was like a, oh, right. like a brand day type thing. Right, Cody Ziegler was in, was in on a couple episodes, right? Or, yeah, so that whole, whatchamacallit, the, the Beyond, the, um, the Beyond the, Core stuff. Yeah, the Beyondcore. Yeah, the Beyondcore stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's what we were trying to get away from. No, that's right. See, you see how quickly we forgot the things that we didn't like, like all that Ben Riley stuff, the Beyondcore mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, hey. oh can wait. we get away from that? Right. So it was Spencer up until the Beyondcore stuff. Actually, uh, uh, Patrick Leeson also, because I'm looking at the issue that uh, he wrote. Right. Yeah. So right. there was a, so there was a, definitely a team effort on that. There was some hands in that pot. Right, right. So it was Spencer up until the Beyond Core stuff. Right, and then it was like Wells and Gleason and and Ziegler. So, yep. okay. Well, mystery solved on that. Either way, the 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 that that I think that encapsulates the point. <laughs> yep. Um. So, but I guess at the the bulk of it, Zell Wells, who is um, who's on this? I guess some of the stuff that was seeded in that last arc was being undone by him? Potentially? I don't know. Like I said, we don't know where that tombstone and, and, and Robertson thing is going. Like I don't know why would you set that up just to kinda just to kinda squash it like this. So it just still doesn't make any sense in the long run. Yep. Um but like I said, uh just keep kinda keep this pushing because we're kinda belaboring yep. the No, like no, a, because we don't have that many books, so no yeah. point in spending too much time on this one book. We only have one other book in common this week, and that is Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number one of mm. five. We're presuming it's number one of five. Right. Uh, it's written by Torun Gronbeck, with art by Michael Dowling, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. So, I will lead off the discussion with one word. Synergy. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, because I know that Roddy Cat's going to have some questions about this, but I think I answered them by, uh, you know, in our discussion prior to the show. Not, not really. But I mean, well, I don't think so. Not unless you have something about who shows the the person that shows up at the end of this, because we hadn't, as far as I know, we hadn't seen that person in a good minute. Like I'm pretty much got the beats of the Thor stuff from what you've told me. Right. And that and that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with this overall so far. You know, right. so there's a couple things in here. Um, the uh, the character there's a there's a little Red Riding Hood character. I will call her that, right? Who is a bit of a mystery at this point. I don't know if you have any insight into who that might be. Oh, 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 oh! The the person that shows up. No, I actually don't. I was actually trying to figure out who that person, whether we actually know that person or not. Right. And I suspect so, we do. We just don't know. From uh, at least I don't know from now. I assume you would have known more from the Thor stuff. No, it doesn't ring a bell. I was I, w- I was thinking pretty hard on that. Mm-hmm. So there are there are machinations mm-hmm. being set, you know, being set in motion throughout this issue, which basically set a bunch of enemies of Asgard 
heading towards you know you know like basically uh, heading towards Asgard on a on a path to war, and it turns out that Thor has a, uh, surprisingly been taken off the board, literally, and Mjolnir makes its way to uh, you know we're, we're we're told that Thor uh, threw Mjolnir to. The, you know, to to someone else who could make use of it, and that person being Jane Foster. Jane Foster doesn't want to exactly take it up because she's more than happy being Valkyrie, you know, and wielding the Undergard, the the Underjarn, the all weapon. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, in this issue, she decides to take up the mantle of the Mighty Thor once again. And uh, as I said, machinations are 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 put in motion so that. Asgard is being uh, assaulted on several fronts. We also, I didn't realize that curse, uh, what had happened to curse, because I had lost track of what had happened to curse. Right. Over many, many years, I did not realize that, uh, I don't think I'd ever seen curse uh, and what had happened to him after the Simonson run, and that was in the 80s. Right. So I honestly couldn't tell anyone what happened to curse after that. (laughs) Because I know the name, and I feel like the... Wait, didn't Curse come back up in? I didn't reconfigure itself, so why am I even asking that question? Um, I feel like Curse came up. Curse came up somewhere. Well, I feel like they had to have refreshed the character and brought him back uh, around the time of uh, Dark World. Yeah, I thought about you that. Know, it mm-hmm. makes sense that they would have brought the character around because that's when Curse made his debut on the silver screen. Right. So. You know, I didn't. I didn't have a chance to, you know, to consult the Googles and see what Curse had been up to since the Simonson run. But I'm surprised to see Curse in that in in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, more synergy by making him an enemy of Asgard again. Right. Uh, you know, so so there are a couple things going on here um, that uh, that reflect some synergy with the uh the mcu but at the same time this seems to be very much in continuity in the mc in the marvel comics continuity because this is the question that i had to speak about uh this is what the this is the issue that we had to that roddy cat and i had to speak about prior to the show so that's where uh any questions he might have had on that end were answered because there is a development regarding mjolnir right that uh, for anyone not keeping up with the current run of Thor, with the Donny Cates run on Thor, won't you know? It won't seem clear at all. You right. know, won't you won't understand it at all. But you know, in in a in, in a in a, a swift brushstroke of synergy, we've got a, a formerly shattered Mjolnir uh, now wielded by Jane Foster. So here's something funny about that. That um, well, two things. One, there. Well, one not funny, but the one funny thing is like so. Based on what's going on in Thor run, Odin is in. Odin's spirit is in Mjolnir at this right. point. I'm actually kind of surprised they did not do something like that in the MCU. But also, I recognize they probably wouldn't have gotten uh, Anthony Hop- Sir Anthony Hopkins back for that. Right. Because going to because thinking about this and especially with with that and what you've told me, I was like, yeah, I definitely saw it from that part. Because we, if you've seen the trailer for uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, you you see the the um, the Mjolnir's put back together and looking very similar to where it looks like uh, looks like in this book and in Thor. 
you know, the only thing different is like Odin's spirit is not in, as far as we know, is not in right. that version. <laughs> that may be the big development that happens in the movie that we don't know about yet. Which would be some, which is that is the funny part to me. I'm like, now I wonder if they would actually do something like that. And this is pretty much um, foreshadowing that. Right. That would be some that funny shit. Be, that would be very funny. That would actually make me laugh. I'd be like, no, they didn't. Although I just saw an article where Anthony, sorry, Anthony Hopkins is in a Zack Snyder movie, movie playing a um, sentient battle robot. Uh, central, central battle mix. So, who's to say that he wouldn't come back for this? For for that? I mean, if it's just a voiceover, if it's literally just a voiceover, right? You know. So who's to say? Who's to say that he, you know, they couldn't get him back as as the as the, the spirit of Odin in in Mjolnir? We, we don't know. But the only right. other thing that's kind of struck me about this particular book, going back to that, is so Agent uh, Seventy and I both know about what's going on in the pages of Avengers. It's particularly that last issue of Avengers where we had the the, the Jane Foster team up. Uh, and remember, at the end of it. Um, she was like, she was kind of looking at Mjolnir that was sitting on the table. It was like, like she kind of still had some lingering, uh, li- lingering temptations to it. And even in this book, kind of, sort of, not necessarily brought it up, but you know, when she grabbed the hammer and changed, she was like, yeah, it's an intoxicating feeling. But then she was like, nope. And then went back to her regular Valkyrie gear. So I'm kind of wondering if first- this is playing into that. The, the the confusing part about that is that Mjolnir is whole in that. That's story. true, right? Right. Mjolnir is not shattered. You know the the timing of that Avengers story seems to be before the events of Thor of the current Thor run. Right. But still, so, no. Just just giving everyone a sense of the continuity. Sure. But the fact that you know she may or may not still have some lingering. I guess well it's what they try to intimate in that uh, adventure story is like she might still have some lingering temptations about wielding Mjolnir there mm. that she uh, doesn't necessarily seem to have here but it's kind of slightly there is the part that uh, that was kind of weird to me in this mm-hmm. and that's what was kind of, that's what was kind of wondering like well wait is this take this is definitely taking the place after that Avengers thing but is this actually playing into any of that? Um, right. Or maybe I'm just kind of projecting something. Right, right, right. All right. So um, at this point, I think we're just going to go into rapid fire. Yep. All right. Let me spin it up. I ain't got time to breathe. Uh, let me pick up here because I can bring up Thor number 26. It's actually out this week. Uh, it's written by Donnie Cates with art by Martin Cocolo, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So, um, this is another chapter in this Banner of War story, with which is a crossover with Donnie Cates's Hulk book as well. So. Um, we, you know, not really a spoiler here because it's on the cover, but we get a gamma powered Thor in this issue. So it's, um, you know, just, it's, it's power on top of power here and banner and the spirit of Odin come up with one way to try to balance the odds. And it's kind of what you expect. It's kind of funny, uh, because you don't exactly expect to see this, 
but Odin does come through with and 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 fulfills Banner's uh, suggestion, and that is where we leave off in this issue. And uh, it, this crossover concludes in Banner of War, the in in the Banner of War um, crossover in Hulk number eight. So we'll find out. <coughs> excuse me. How this story wraps up in that issue. Next up for me is Batman number 124. The main story is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Howard Porter and Jorge Fornes. Colors are by Tomo Mori and letters are by Clayton Cowles. There is a backup story in this with uh, Poison Ivy, but I did not um, read it. I don't know if you read that Poison Ivy number one that was out this week. Um, I intended to, but I didn't get a chance to. Got it, got it. I did not get to either. Um, so this is the last issue of this Badenesia, ugh, that unfortunately named uh, country of the Badenesia arc and, you know, with uh, the, the character Abyss and a little bit of Batman Incorporated. And this issue basically is you know, they introduce the character at the beginning of this arc in Badenesia, and this character is essentially going down the same path as Bruce Wayne did, and basically Batman finds a way to keep this character from going too far and essentially recruits this character into Batman Incorporated. So... Um, you know, it's while it's nice to see uh, another uh, Southeast Asian character get some love and, 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 and get an introduction here. It's, uh, you know, this is not a story to write home about uh, at the end of the day. Next up for me and last up for me, actually, is Dark Crisis number one. Dark Crisis. Is there a light crisis? Is there a medium weight crisis? Yes, dark crisis denotes the the the, um, the, 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 the that there is a light crisis. Goodness gracious! <laughs> dark crisis number one is written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Daniel Samper. Colors are by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters are by Tom Napolitano. Uh, another lettering Paisan. So. The this this crisis is brought up is is does in fact revolve around Pariah, and the events of Dark Crisis. I believe it was Dark Crisis number zero that kicked things off with the quote unquote death of the Justice League, and you know there's a, a crossover with Justice League. I believe it was number fifty, and um, you know a lot of this fifty or seventy five. 75 well it was an anniversary issue oh, okay i was guessing at the number gotcha the the recent anniversary issue with you know the with the quote-unquote death of the justice league gotcha and essentially in this issue we see you know the the ramifications and the after effects of that uh, of that happening of that occurrence and the plans that have been put into motion with pariah at the lead and uh the two main developments in this issue are John Jonathan Kent, or John Kent, that is John Kent, uh, looking to uh, reform the Justice League with a bunch of B-listers, and uh, Black Adam, of course, you know, doing uh, an impression of the Rock playing, doing an impression of his himself playing Black Adam. It's just really, just very bad. 
Um, we did you put anything in in the show notes about the 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 Black Adam trailer coming out this week? Uh, yes. Okay. So that's when I say it's a it's a it's a bad impression of uh, the the Rock doing a bad impression of himself playing Black Adam. That's I really mean that. So um, you know, so that's one development. The other development is that. Uh, this group of villains is making a move against the Titans. And that, that concerns me because I, as a longtime fan of the Titans, uh, you know, it, it's just concerning to see, you know, what, 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 what would come, uh, come for, you know, what would happen to this uh, kind of beloved group of heroes. And something d- bad does happen to one of the, um, one of the members of the Wolfman Perez era of new, of the new teen Titans, uh, in the course of the events of this issue. So we'll see how all this shakes out. But, you know, it's a crisis. You know, DC loves crises. Yeah. Be they dark, be they final, be they... Uh, infinite. Infinite. So, you know, it, it's it's just the latest in the long line of crises. So we'll see how this all shakes out. And that's it for me. And I'm saying there's a, there's a news article about that particular thing you just mentioned, and I'm going to say it's slightly hyperbole. <laughs> just okay. a slight bit of hyperbole on that on that part, because the article says it's a major DC uh, character that gets that that gets uh, um, killed. Right. I'm sitting here like I mean, oh, and, and let me let me not forget flashpoints. You know, DC loves flashpoints. Dove, they do love them some flashpoints. Right. There is a flashpoint beyond. Oh, is a flashpoint beyond book out this week That's that correct. I skimmed and I did not have the patience to make it through, folks. Sorry about that. Mm, which actually reminds me of a book that I just skimmed, which I, uh, the, that I would get to in a second. But let's go ahead and get into my book, starting off with. Um, but the, but the, you, you see, you had the, the medium like crisis, Savage Avengers number two. Uh, find the cover here, but that's part of the thing. Here we go. So yeah, um, Savage Avengers number two, written by David Popose, art by Carlos Magno, uh, color artist Espen Grundigen, letters by BC's uh, Travis Lanham. So yeah, there are uh, the team has been the team's been thrust back to the Hyborian uh, uh, era, which is a uh, uh, Conan's home court. They're still being, well, excuse me, Conan um, is being pursued by Deathlock for crimes against the timeline. And everybody gets split up, but they end up finding themselves back together near the end of this issue. And we even get a quote-unquote cameo by one devil dinosaur who plays a, a an, an interesting part in um, this particular issue. No moon girl in this and no moon boy either, but you know, just devil, just devil dinosaur on a rampage, you know, as, as things tend to happen sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that book. I don't know. They call this an event. It's always funny. They call this an Avengers book, even though it's not an Avengers team. Then that's a weird sticking crawl of mine for, and, uh, in the past. And this is no exception, but yeah, it is what it is. Next up, Star Wars number 24. Uh, this is the, I presume, the last um, that we are going to see of Co- Commander uh, Alien Zara uh, in her vendetta against Leia and the Rebels um, and the... Um, 
in the wake of the um, the death of one Wolf, Wolfram Tarkum, um, who was her mentor. She's kind of had this thing ever since that happened, even going so far as to calling the Death the the, the, the Star Destroyer that he once commanded that commanded that he did Tarkin's hope, but that's gone now. Um, and uh, uh, Leia and crew are going after this commander because of not only because of uh, uh, you know you know rebel imperial reasons, but also the fact that uh, one of their own had been captured and tortured. Um, uh, b- by this commander, and there was some payback to be done. Uh, so this this issue ended up falling into its own trap in a in, in a way by the fact that um, <laughs> this commander's like, "Hey, come and get me," and lay down some significant traps. But it ended up being a one on one with her and Leia, and of course, I think we can figure out who won in that particular issue. I mean, in that particular battle, but the way she won was. Um, a, um, an interesting way to, to, to end the battle, let's just say. Um, and whether we see this person uh, again after this seems highly unlikely, but we'll, we don't know. The strangest things have happened. People have been eaten, been, have been swallowed up by the Sarlacc and, and managed to escape that, so... Who's it was Vecna! It was Vecna! Wait, Roddy what? Roddy Cat said... Roddy Cat, you said Stranger Things, so I said it was Vecna. Oh, <laughs> I am not watching Stranger Things, so I don't know. I don't know. I've I've heard that name. Yeah, that's I, why I, I, I made sure to not spoil it just now. I said, well, just, no, I'm I not. I've not watched any of it, like right. none of the season. So I wouldn't. I don't. I've not. You know. So I've oh, heard, wow. I've heard that name, but I, I was like, okay, it, it took me a second for you to for to, to gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There. I'm surprised that you haven't watched it up. Yeah, I know people would say is my jam, but I just never, never tried it in the first place. So, and I think partially because it was hype. Yeah, I was about to say when you run out of things to watch, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it'll probably still be there. Um, next up, time before time number thirteen, uh, which, as I told Agent uh, Seventy before the show, was like has an uh, interesting correlation, correlation, correlation to Savage Avengers in that there are bounty hunters afoot. Uh, in this particular case, we get introduced to a uh, bounty hunter who, um, as I said in my notes, in this world, we have people who are escaping crimes or for whatever other reason into the past for pay or well, not for pay, but um, excuse me, they're paying to escape to the past. And of course, there's usually someone looking for them. In this case, there's a bounty hunter uh, who also has... Um, the ability to travel time, apparently, and uh, we get introduced to one such person and their motivations uh, in this particular issue. Uh, there was one thing that came up in this in this issue that I was like, I hope never happens, but I could also see happen. Uh, in other words, in the future, um, your apartment uh, gets inundated by ads. Um, that you can't get rid of uh, unless you pay for them. You know, like you when you um you pay for Hulu, but you got the ad supported one, the the ad supported yep. version, and then the the ads just happen to come every now and then and real loud. That's kind of the thing that happens in people's apartments in this particular in one, in one particular 
uh, part of the future in this book, and I'm like, that is a hell in itself. But apparently, you can pay to have them uh, removed on on a monthly basis, which, yeah, you, you can see the correlate correlation there. <laughs> I'm like, but anyway, like I said, uh, we get to uh, meet one such uh, bounty hunter who is after uh, and, and find out their motivations for why they're doing such a thing. And uh, just in line in the rest of this book, yeah, there's, you get it. You, you kind of get it. You, you kind of get the, you feel something for the character uh, by, by its design. Last but not least, actually this one I kind of skimmed uh, like very briefly, so I can't really say I've read it, read it, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, uh, and that is, whoa, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons. Number one. Uh, excuse me while I get this uh, cover slightly straightened out. And I know I didn't do the creative team of that other book, so but that's fine. Um, but yeah, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number one, is out this week. And uh, basically, um, Nubia and a contingent of Amazons go on a world tour. Um, a kind of sort of a world tour with Muhammad, my man. Um, going each and every state, but anyway, no, you, you know, no. <laughs> some of y'all will get that, some of y'all won't. But uh, she she visits Justice League. Um, they uh, she has a little sparring se- sparring uh, session with um, Hawkwoman, um, Batman, and one of the Amazons. <laughs> kind of talks shop in a, in a way, I guess, in a little bit. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a fun book. But at the end of it, uh, Nubia ends up uh, going off to save the day. Uh, and gets into a little trouble. Uh, and that's where this book kicks off. I believe this is uh, book one of four. So this is not an ongoing, this is just a, a, a miniseries. But nevertheless, hey, it's good to see one way or the other. Uh, and that is it for me. Uh, we're going to go right now to Clicks of the Week. Clicks of the Week. And I guess we kind of sort of got one from from one of our absent uh, uh, co-hosts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we can we can go ahead and say that. Um, actually, let me get the name of that book because I don't think. Uh, uh, Fortnite times well, yeah, Fortnite X Marvel's Marvel Zero War number one. I believe it's the full title of that book, and that click goes to Doug. Who says, or Dirk rather, excuse me, um, I'm not going to read all of that, but basically um, it, it's basically the sequel to an in-game event that is in um, in comic book form, is what he's saying here. Right. And um, yeah, he said, he uh, actually I guess his last note here says that um, it's, uh, it's a fun book with multiverse stuff, even if you don't follow all of the game stuff. Which there's a lot going on in that damn game, so uh, it's, it's it's a lot to follow on if you're if you're um, if you're just coming into it. Uh, and like I told him, like yeah, I know about the game, but I, like they put a lot of stuff into that that, that game that's it's kind of bonkers at this point. So there is that, and we didn't get anything from Tim, uh, but I assume he's been busy. So uh, you got yours? I think so. 
I think so. So, you know, I didn't read too many books this week, but I can tell you that of the books that I read, I think I enjoyed Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number one the most, Mm -hmm. despite the synergy that is rampant. And we've complained about it. You know, we we speak in snide tones about synergy between the MCU and the MU. And, you know, and I understand, you know, and I say that with a sigh. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought it was entertaining. You know, I, I, I like the fact that they did touch upon some of the things that, that, that had been happening in the pages of the Jane Foster Valkyrie book. I don't know if you noticed on the cover that the legacy numbering seems to be picking up from the previous Jane Foster Val- Valkyrie book. Oh, no, I did not notice that, actually. I think it is, although I could be wrong. It could be a uh, uh, legacy numbering from the Jane Foster Thor book. The Mighty Thor book. Mm, so yeah. I did not double check the numbering on that. Gotcha. But you'll see in on the on on the cover that I think it says like legacy number twenty. So I've got to see what that legacy number is f- carrying on from. Hmm. Which, if it was from the Mighty her run on Mighty Thor, I thought it was longer than that. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, it's split into two. So. Oh. Right, it was split into two, so I don't know if that picks up uh, with you know the the next issue on that. So gotcha. we'll see. Yeah, well, yeah, we we shall see. In that. so is that is that your um? That's my pick. Okay, solid click, solid pick, solid pick. Um, I'm actually teetering on joining on that one because it it's out of the books that I read this week. Also, it was probably one of the better ones. Um. Like I said, I didn't really get a chance to, I just kind of had skimmed that Nubia book, but there was some, from what I saw in it, there was a couple of fun parts in that, but I can't really wholeheartedly give it to that based on just skimming it. Um, that Star Wars, Twin, the Star Wars 24 is also a, a pretty good uh, pick as well. Uh, we are knee deep in Star Wars at this point, uh, after all. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to also go on with that uh, Jane Foster and Mighty Thor number one. And right. with that, we can go on to the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, a personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rose to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And now we get into the cinematic news like we do about this time. Um, I wonder if we can get a um I wonder if we can get a sponsorship from Martinelli's. 
Somebody get on that. Anyway, uh, cinematic news, folks. <laughs> uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom offers new look at Black Manta's costume. Um, as with last week, this is coming from uh, some site. Uh, it's like Hot 97 Hip Hop Gamer. I, I know that name, but I don't know if there's a, like a legit source or not. But regardless, uh, we get a, a look at Black Manta's uh, suit for the upcoming uh, Aquaman sequel. And if you're watching the video for this here podcast, you can see the pictures uh, themselves. Looks like they, they've added some some things to it. Almost looks kind of steampunk in a couple of places, but we don't, uh, you know, we're gonna gonna go into that. But next up, hold on, you got me thinking. I'm like, what is this hip hop gamer website? I've heard of the hip hop gamer, but I think as it says here, it said on the, his his Twitter thing, uh, Hot ninety seven. Oh, Hot ninety seven is a is a New York hip hop. I know station. that. I know that, but I don't know if they were uh, if they are affiliated with Hot ninety seven or not. Right, it makes me want to pull it up. That's, that, I just wanted to take a second to pull that up and see. Oh, it's a hip hop gamer partnered with Hot ninety seven. Right. Okay. All right, so they are in cahoots. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, I had heard of them. I obviously know Hot ninety seven from you know from wherever, wherever. But um, like hip hop gamer, I have heard in the streaming circles. So. Well, okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All righty, what is the next story? Okay, so Black Canary, Journey Smollett, uh, Smollett teases return to DC role. The DC film's world is often in a state of flux. Forget about feels like. So, uh, let's see. A new update seems pretty promising. A recent profile from the New York Times in anticipation of Smollett's role in Netflix's Spider-Herd outlined the actress's upcoming projects and revealed that she's also preparing to reprise her role as Black Canary. Okay. Right. I believe we, we know the, the there is a movie being written for her by um, Misha Green from Lovecraft Country. So um, so I guess that's that. Also, Spider-Herd, isn't that the movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth? I believe it is. I don't know. So I, th- I think it is, which means it's a Marvel DC collaboration, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because I know Hem- Hemsworth is in that movie. I think he's the star of that movie, and there's a couple other people in there, but I didn't know she was in it. So cool. Um, Joker sequel. Oh God! Officially in the works from Ty Phillips and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Why? Why? Exactly. Why? Get you off this. So, yeah, apparently uh, Tuesday afternoon, Todd Phillips confirmed through his Instagram account that the, 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 the script for the movie is written. Not only that, but the filmmaker also shared a photo of Joaquin Phoenix reading it, suggesting the, uh, that the Oscar-winning actor is on board with the project. In addition to the Phoenix fi- uh, picture, Phillips shared a cover of the script, which uh, names the movie Joker uh, Folie Adieu. 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 Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Adieu is two. Anyway. Um, a, a psychiatric uh, syndrome where two or more people begin to share delusions. Um, in this photo, in the photos Philip shared, no comment was posted. The date on the cover of the script suggested the draft in question was finalized in late May. And again, I ask, why? Who asked for this? That movie couldn't have been that good. 
Like I will take that Grover uh, from Sesame Street <laughs> uh, parody film over another one of these. So. I haven't watched it. Have you? No, I had. I don't care to watch it, even though I know it's on uh, HBO Max or right. it still is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still on HBO Max, but and no, I still I have not watched it. I have no interest in watching it. I guess at some point, just out of scientific curiosity, I might, but no, I don't. I never don't really care to. Either way, there it is, folks. It's probably coming. Next up. And more things that we never asked for. The first full trailer for Gotham Knights, the CW's latest DC superhero series, has arrived. The trailer begins with Oscar Morgan's Turner Hayes, the adopted son of Bruce Wayne Batman. Turner Hayes. Hold on, folks. I switched my soundboard for a second, and we all know what I am looking (laughs) for. Who? Yes. Ah, so yeah, that person is throwing a party at Wayne Manor. Misha Collins is Harvey Dent. Misha Collins, Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. interrupts wait, the wait. gathering to blah oh. blah blah blah. Um, oh, that's right. You never watched so, uh, Supernatural, huh? Right. So blah 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 blah. The trailer concludes with Hayes and the rest of the suspects being freed from a GCPD armored van by Carrie Kelly Robin. Okay. With the young adults deciding to work together to solve Batman's murder and clear their names. Ah, uh, CW's gonna CW. Pretty much. Uh, and yeah, I watched that trailer. It looks very much CW, and I don't know why they cancel so many shows just to put this on. I don't understand. Um, also, there's that video game of the same name, but I think there's some division between the two. I don't know. I don't think this is this is this and that. I think they part ways. Uh, in some of the like, obviously they're in the same they, they're in the same world because they're in the world where Batman got killed, right? But I think they're, I think the game is keeping with the the canon names and whatnot. I mean, the, I, apparently this is too, but I don't know that Turner, Turner Hayes person. I don't know. That's a that's a different thing. Uh, anyway, and who asked for this? Tomorrow Morrison responds to Boba Fett criticisms. Some things I may have done different. So, um, yeah, tomorrow Morrison is speaking out about the criticism of the book of Boba Fett. Um, he says in an interview with Screen Rant, uh, that he's very proud and just grateful to play Boba Fett, adding that there are things he would have done a little different. He says in quote, uh, feeling the love from all the fans, feeling that we've done something good and the reaction that I've been getting from the fans is overwhelming. I'm very proud and just grateful for the wonderful opportunity to play Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett to work with me now when, um, uh, Morrison said of his, uh, co-star, uh, we had a wonderful chemistry. It was so easy to work with her. She had been my confidant and it was a really a dual effort, which is true. Very much true. Um, that, that really, that we could tell from what uh, came off on the screen. So while Morrison didn't uh, address specific criticism about the show, the, the actor acknowledged complaints, continuing, now that I'm looking back on it, I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those things. Things are great when you look back, but there are things, some things I may have done a little different, end quote. So, so just for me to work with John and be a part of the Mandalorian family has just been quite phenomenal, really. So yeah, there you go. Wasn't too much else to it, but there you go. Next up, 
So, Tamora Morrison recently revealed a weird fact about his Obi-Wan Kenobi cameo. This is a spoiler for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Morrison confirmed that the Disney Plus Obi-Wan series is the first time he ever wore a physical suit of clone trooper armor. So, he does, in fact, make an appearance as a uh, down-on-his-luck veteran of the clone army. So, we we talked about that episode, but we kind of brief-stroked it, and I totally forgot to bring, bring that part up. But, yeah, that just is mm-hmm. the only reason why I brought it up now. So... It was kind of a weird scene to see, too, because we're like, oh, wow, I didn't think any of them... Well, we knew a couple of them that were still around after that, you know, being Rex and, you know, whoever else, but didn't think uh, there were any other clones still kind of either around or what have you after Order 66. Like, we don't know what necessarily happened to most of the clones after Order 66 that were following orders, you know? We know they got rid of clones in the uh, uh, after that, but we don't know when or how. Like this right. is and because of this, apparently they just threw about on the street like a veteran, mm-hmm. which is kind of a sad thing to say. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of like how a veteran would actually be treated, sadly. Um, but yeah, um, trying to quickly transition to, to the next story. <laughs> uh, I believe this is me, correct? Obi-Wan Kenobi hides a major Star Wars Rebels Easter egg in plain sight. We talked about this one too, just as a spoiler alert for episode two, I believe, or three. Three, excuse me. Um, <laughs> where Obi-Wan goes to the, the partner path and you see the, 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 the Jedi that have also come through, including like Quinlan Boss and, uh, and a, f- a few other folks. One of the names on the wall uh, uh, apparently was of uh, that of Caleb Doom. Which um, astute fans of uh, Star Wars Rebels would know that as Kanan Jarrus. So we know that uh, Kanan Kanan came through there and before he changed his name, uh, I guess he was presumably he was still a Padawan at the time. And before he changed his name to Kanan, went through the path or uh, some kind of way. So that was a nice little Easter egg there. Next. Hmm. I, I'm going to assume that's for a, uh, a sports thing and not because of the, the story. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the upcoming Star Wars Tales of the Jedi promises to reveal more about a young Count Dooku and his apprentice, Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh. Uh... Okay. So, yeah, this is... um. What is this Tales of the Jedi thing? Is this another anime thing? Uh, yeah, they, we we talked about it last week. It came out of Celebration as being announced, and I believe it is like um, it's basically a, an, a, an anthology of, if I'm not mistaken, with um, uh, certain Jedi at the forefront. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's a new animated. Yeah, it's a new animated miniseries focusing on separate chapters in the lives of two prominent Force wielders from the era of the Star Wars prequels, the heroic Ahsoka Tano, and the villainous Count Dooku. That part I don't remember. Okay. Right. Well, they didn't necessarily go into about who... Uh, we, we know there were people going to show up in this. Like They were basically like Mace Windu and a whole bunch of other people were in Gwagon and other people were going to show up in this. But they didn't really give like overall stuff as to what's going on with it. Sound like, according to this article, there's going to be a storyline dealing with um, uh, Dooku... Uh, that seems like, uh, according to this, is going to be kind of tragic. 
Um, which, like, I don't know, Clone Wars got kind of dark at a couple, a couple of times, so it's, I don't know. They, they've got contention. Regardless, next up, uh, Disney is working on another untitled Star Wars project alongside Skeleton Crew. Excuse me. So apparently this, uh, Lucasfilm has reportedly begun pre-production on an undisclosed Star Wars project. Um, in the latest issue of Production Weekly via Twitter, an untitled Star Wars project was documented in a list of live-action movies and shows in pre-production. Uh, Lucasfilm recently revealed several production updates for its uh, upcoming slate of films and television shows at Star Wars Celebration, including the stuff we talked about last week. Um, so yeah, we don't know anything, and apparently this article has a list of, uh, the stuff in... <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just looking at this list, and I saw Untitled ROM. I'm like, Age of 70, check this out, but it says ROM-COM project. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was like, damn, are they doing a ROM thing? Uh, I'm sure Agent 70 would love that. Uh, but yeah, but there's a list of projects that are ongoing in here, and it says, uh, like I said, uh, untitled project among the list of uh, bunch of this other stuff. Next up. So we're switching over to uh, Ms. Marvel News. So Kevin Feige. I swear to goodness, I'm so I'm so annoyed right now because the Rangers lost. Now they're down three two in their Eastern Conference Finals matchup against the Lightning. You know, I, I I'm cursing at Tampa Bay and all of Florida in my head right now, and I'm trying to hold it in. Uh-huh. But the one thing that gets that that annoys me more than anything sometimes is when I see an article that addresses Kevin Feige or regard or. Types out with regards to Kevin Feige, and they call him Marvel's Kevin Feige. We know. Just call him Kevin Feige. We know that, but there might be people that's coming to the article that might not. <sighs> so, <laughs> Kevin Feige says, Miss Marvel's spoiler alert for episode one again, Avengers Con could become real, a la Star Wars Celebration. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel like that part of it feels like it could also tie back into the, the Avengers video game because, like I said, it was a different it was a different thing and it wasn't a convention. But still, I, I feel like there was some of the same beats that was in there. So I don't know. Would you go to an Avengers con? I mean, it depends if it's going to be all movie centric or not. It, mm, yeah. If they bring in comic stuff, then maybe. But how much? Because it's not like there are that many Avengers books out. You know. Yeah, but if they have creators and stuff, you know what I mean. If well, they yeah, have it's going to be the one two, sure. Yeah, but they, you know, but there's like also you know legacy oh, historical yeah. creators. You don't just have to have the uh, the current Avengers books. You're right. Yeah. Oh well, and there's also the um the the animated stuff. I guess they could kind of the uh, you know Earth Mightiest Heroes and and uh, United We Stand. <laughs> I doubt mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Which reminds me, I, I guess I'm gonna have to watch that Chip and Dale movie, but that's beside the point. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but apparently it would be like Marvel Studios hosting their own convention, so it would just be the MCU stuff. So it'd be like Celebration, like you said, or D23. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually necessary, because they got D23, they could just put that put that under. Um, but, yeah, who's to say? 
Um, uh, actually, along this lines, this is not in the lineup. Before we get to the next one, I said I was going to mention it because we forgot to do it while we were talking. While we were talking about Miss um, Marvel, um, uh, Iman Villani, as we've come to find out, is a big, big Marvels fan, a Marvel fan, and um, it seems that, well, according to this article, I don't know how uh, there might be a little, you know, uh, a little um, slightly hyperbolic, but uh, apparently. Um, um, Iman Vellani and uh, Kevin Feige have been arguing over texts about the MCU stuff, or in, right. uh, about the uh, about stuff. Where did I put that article? Oh, that's weird. Oh, weird. Uh, oh, I'm looking in the wrong place. That's why. Duh. Hey, folks, uh, you get a chance look at uh, check out the clickbait section uh, in the show notes because. If you're watching the video, you saw me trying to find the article that I'm looking for, which was in that particular section. Um, so, yeah. Um, apparently, um, Amon Velani and Kevin Feige have been arguing over text, like I said, like it says, about Doctor Strange's 2's treatment of Black Bolt and Earth 616. Because as we have come to find out recently, uh, Kevin Feige has been hinting at the fact that the MCU is... Six is in the six one six, and I believe in that uh, video that I that I told uh, Agent Seventy about that he I think he had already seen. Uh, she says straight up like, no, the MCU is straight up one nine 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 whatever it is. It's not the six one six, and I am with her. Right, <laughs> same, 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 same. You know, and and, and Roddy Cat and I were were speaking about this prior to the show, right. and I said, hey, that's a pretty hardcore comment to make because even I forgot the number code for the MCU right. that had already been established in the comic books, mm-hmm. and she knew it. Yeah, I mean, I knew it too, but it was like I, you know, <laughs> I think I even mentioned it. But regardless, yeah, she's she's straight up hardcore with her. She even says in this article. Um, Here's my TLDR. I love Sam Raimi, but, uh, but as for how the film ultimately treated Black Bolt, I don't care what anyone says. He's my guy, the actor says. Uh, I think they did him dirty. I did not appreciate that. So, uh, and then, oh, here's, here's another quote. Uh, Every time I talk to Kevin, we have this argument where I say, the MCU is not 616. Uh, Villani says about the revelation in, in uh, Doctor Strange number two. Uh, he's like, I, it, it is because I said so. I'm like, no, it's one nine 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 time. Like I said, he hates it, so we keep having this argument, and then they put six one six in the movie. I'm like, Kevin, you know it's not six one six. He just sends me a sad face, and I'm just like, great, right? <laughs> so yeah, that article. If you want to read the rest of that, is in the uh, clickbait section of the show notes. We just wanted to put that out because I've got to bring it up in in the um when in the discussion. But still on to some um, uh, some related news. Miss Marvel's MCU powers were not affected by Mister Fantastic's arrival, as uh, per rumored, postulated, whatever the case may be. Apparently, so Miss Marvel's co-creator and executive producer Sana Amanat explains that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness's uh, major cameo didn't cause Kamala Khan's new cosmic powers, which I wouldn't think it would. <laughs> Uh, speaking to the direct, uh, Aminat discussed whether Mr. Fantastic's long-awaited Marvel Cinematic uh, MCU prompt universe MCU prompted the show's creative team to give Kamala powers that didn't involve stretching her body. 
quote unquote, honestly, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I'm gonna explain. I mean, from my understanding, it was kind of linked to the typo to the type of story that we wanted to tell with Kamala, and not only linkage to other MCU events, but also to the sense of history that she has uh, she has at her relation in the relationship uh, to her family, linking the powers to her family's past. I think that was the bigger idea. So that is a quote from Sana Amanat. We don't know why they did it. You know, obviously there are people like us that are still kind of slightly bristled to the fact that they changed their powers. But you know what? It is in service. If the, if the story is still pretty good, I'm I'm still going to be with it. And so far, the story's been pretty good. Right. You know, it's funny that you know there, there's all these little things that come with the comic book or with the with the comic book version of these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's the little things that get taken away when they make changes, right, in the adaptation. You know, for example, by change, I mean, we don't know this yet for sure. It's, right. We're only one episode in. But we don't know if the use of these powers makes Kamala particularly hungry. And that's just like right. a kind of a fun little quirk in Kamala Khan's powers in the comic books that cause her to always have to get something to eat in the wake of having used her embiggening powers on and off, right? It's like making Wolverine too tall when all we're used to reading is how short he is and people making fun of how short he is and calling him shorty and runt and, you know, (laughs) half, you know, like, and, and all these short jokes, right? Right. So we'll see how that affects the writing and the characterization of Kamala Khan, uh, in the future, but getting back to more news, the, um, interestingly, uh, the MCU uh, version of Ms. Marvel received exceptionally high praise in a thank you letter uh, in the uh, from none other than Nobel Prize laureate Malala Yousafzai. On June seventh, Marvel Studios Instagram posted a photo of a handwritten letter from Malala, which said, which praises the series for its representation of life as a Pakistani immigrant and its young superhero whose powers connect to her heritage. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That that, that is pretty cool. Um, I think if as, I, I guess going back to two things, one, um, well, one thing particularly, but if you get a chance to watch one Miss um, Marvel on Disney Plus, definitely check out the uh, the fan guide to Miss Marvel short uh, mini in- interview thing that is also there. It is um, it's quite interesting. This doesn't come up in that, but I'm just saying as it is an addendum to the show, check that out because you, you definitely get some insights into Miss Villani and her um, and her fandom. As, as well as um, other other things uh, are around, it's pretty fun. But yeah, this is actually pretty cool that that that, that happened, you know. And I and the reason why I I, I tacked that onto this because I believe there was something similar that Imam Vellani said Vellani said in the veins of you know Pakistani representation or the like thereof before this character came about in that um, little short, so. Representation matters. That goes without saying, folks. Uh, next up, though, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder reveals first clip during MTV Movie and TV Awards. So I don't know if I didn't get a chance to see this because, and I'm not even sure if I even want to because at this point the movie's so close and coming out. I just want to see the movie. Yeah, it's less than a month. So yeah, but nevertheless, at the the MTV Movie, I, I have tickets. I was supposed to have tickets become available yet. Uh, I haven't heard, honestly. 
Um, okay. I would I presume it would be soon because then I figure we would have heard so by now. Right. So, um, stay tuned, folks. We'll let you know what what happens with that. But more likely than not, movie look protocol. Right. At any rate, uh, the clip is an extended version of what fans have seen in the trailer, in which Thor is in the midst of battle, and we see his trusty hammer, Mjolnir, return, only to be grasped by Jane Foster. And uh, there's a clip of it in the... um, uh, The clip is in the the, tweet that is attached to this article. Next. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has added Maria Bakalova to its cast, according to a new report from Deadline. Bakalova recently broke out in the Borat sequel, which I never saw. I've never even seen the original. Nope. Which was released on Amazon last year. Uh, James Gunn recently revealed that uh, an unannounced actor involved with the production, but gave no indication uh, as to what role they were playing. So Bakalova is revealed to have joined the Marvel franchise in what is being described as a key role. Uh, we don't know much about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at this point. We do know plenty of the uh, the people cast, though. You know, the original cast is all uh, returning. We're getting new faces like Will Poulter playing Adam Warlock and uh, Daniela Melchior playing another role, which we do not know yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speculate very quick, even though it doesn't matter w- one second here. I, if I'm not mistaken, she... Um, was in volume two, wasn't? Is it like the character she, or, or maybe? Basically, I'm thinking maybe this 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 whoever this this lady is going to play she. I don't know why they were bringing that up this that close, but mm-hmm. um, who even knows at this point what's going to happen at that movie? Um, or maybe I'm thinking of another character that did show up in in volume two in uh, in relation to to uh, Adam Warlock. Doesn't matter. Hey, folks, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness hits Disney Plus this month. I saw this, um, actually, when I went to watch um, Marvel, I mean, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a thing that said, hey, June 22nd, uh, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be on Disney Plus. So there you go. If you haven't seen it by then and you have Disney Plus, you'll be able to watch it then. That's not far from now. No, it is not. So if you've been holding out and managed to say spoiler free for this long, you You've been doing something, or you've been under a very big rock. One of the two. Um, but yeah, there you go. Hitting streaming this, uh, June 22nd. Probably we'll watch it again. Next. Marvel Studios' top-secret Thunderbolts movie looks to have gained momentum as Deadline has learned that Jake Schreier is set as director of the new Marvel movie. Uh, Black Widow scribe Eric Pearson is penning the script with... Marvel <laughs> Studios president with Kevin Feige producing. Damn it! <laughs> we know who Kevin Feige is. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So not much is known about the plot of the film, other than it revolves around a group of supervillains or at least characters who have played bad guys at one point in the MCU, who go on missions for the government. So we don't know if they're going right into a Suicide Squad type story, or if they're ever going to do the original Thunderbolts treatment, which was fake superheroes. Wait, I thought the the original was their basically Suicide Squad before they did that. Because wasn't that the so wait so that means that Thunderbolts came out Thunder- in Secret of you don't Secret remember? No, you don't remember the original Thunderbolts concept was uh, Justice like Lightning. 
Yeah, I thought it was when Hawkeye took Hawkeye was reforming a bunch of group. uh, No, 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 no. That's that was the that was like the second iteration of Thunderbolts. The first iteration of Thunderbolts was Baron Zemo, basically had the same cast of characters, um, uh, play like a a fake set of new heroes, but they were originally, but they were redone. They were villains redone as heroes, and uh, it wasn't revealed until the end of the first issue that they were in fact the uh, a version of the Masters of Evil. Oh wait, I'm thinking of I might be thinking of Dark Avengers. No, no, you're thinking of Thunderbolts. But the point is that was another later iteration of the Thunderbolts, which refashioned them as like a form or as like similar to the to the Suicide Squad of of reformed. Uh, as a way of utilizing reformed uh, or at least semi-reformed villains. Right. No, no. What I'm what I'm saying is, um, I, I vaguely remember what you're saying, but I didn't think that was then. I thought that was during like Secret Empire, and that was when when they were taken over for the Avengers. And I thought the Hawkeye oh, one, yeah. yeah. And I thought the Hawkeye one was first. No, yeah, the Hawkeye one was first, but even before that, the very first Thunderbolts. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, well, we're talking like mid '90s. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. well, that would we're explain talking, why like, they went back. The original Thunderbolts was going on during the Wolf, the the not the during the Busiek Perez Avengers run. They actually did a crossover mm-hmm. with Thunderbolts uh, during that Avengers run. Right. I, I remember seeing that, but I never read it. And obviously, the, the, like I've said before, and, you know, '90s and me in books at the time was right. not much was right. going on on that front. So, right. So, so, but bottom line is that's what uh, I'm. I'm kind of curious to see if they, if they just jump right into the Suicide Squad version, or if they do the original like fake hero version. Well, according to this, and according to what we got going on in MCU, it seems like they would go. I personally, would go to the Suicide Squad version, especially with what like, um, um, uh, Countess Countess Valentina is doing with U.S. Agent right. and Yelena and all them running around. That's definitely what it feels like. That's the direction that they, they seem to be going into. But, you know, it's it's always interesting to kind of go back to that original concept, which was uh, pretty novel at the time, because it was a pretty well-kept secret until the end of that first issue. Oh, I forgot Ghost of Sex was still around, because they didn't kill her off in Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they, they could very well pull a, pull a, pull a Thunderbolt Suicide Squad team, um... And since the the person the dude that played Thunderbolts for us is sadly I'm not laughing at that point, but uh the is actually dead, they could basically say, like, yeah, we're we're naming it after him. Like this is something this was a project of his, but we're just naming it after him because he's not here. I don't know. Um but yeah, that's that we don't know. We know that that they're they're getting a, a thing together, so we'll see what happens with that. Long story short. Um, Marvel cut another character from Shang-Chi's uh, karaoke scene, speaking of Shang-Chi. So it appears that, y'all, if y'all remember correctly, the end credit scene was uh, Shang-Chi and his, uh, and his friend Aquafina, Fina, uh, I guess or her name was Katie, and Wong were at Katie, uh, karaoke singing uh, Hotel California. Apparently there was another part of that scene where it was going to be them and the dude that played uh, Iron, uh, not Iron Fist, uh, Razor Fist. Who was going to be singing a Backstreet Boys um, mm. song? But they cut it. So there you go. Oh, it was supposed to be. Apparently, it was supposed to be Shang Chi, uh, his sister, uh, and uh, Razor Fist in that scene. Actually, 
looks like. So yeah, but they were supposed to be doing uh, I Want It That Way, but uh, that scene was cut. So, and it looks like they did, they uh, they said they filmed a version of the category scene where Florian shows up at the end with a plate of nachos, uh, according to Simu Liu. So, I guess it is, it's, maybe that's on the, um, the home release as a deleted scene. We don't know. Next up. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion star explains why she was forced to drop Captain Marvel. So this is to Wanda Wise, who plays a, a role in the upcoming Jurassic World Dominion that's out this week. And she basically said that she had signed on to play a role in uh, Spike Lee and Netflix TV show, and she just couldn't get out of uh, that. And so she decided not to get sued by Spike Lee and Netflix and uh, declined a role in Captain Marvel, where she would have been playing Maria Rambeau, uh, the mother of Monica. I would argue she probably could have possibly made up that <laughs> that whatever that lawsuit would have would have uh, entailed. But who's to say? So right. Hey, she got work one one way or the other, I guess. But yeah, these are you know these are the the what if casting stories that always come up around movies. Pretty much. Also, um, I know folks are watching the video version may have seen that part on the side about Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller's um, uh, in trouble again for something. We're not going to go into that. Oh, again, really? Again? I, yeah, I, but not for what that that article said. It was something else. So, yeah, that dude, I don't know. If they don't kick his ass off of that project, I don't know what they're, they're probably not. <laughs> They'll kick, you know what? I'm not even going to go into that. Next move, next, 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 uh, uh, next, uh, story. you got next. Okay. Uh, pass me the ball. Uh, the Umbrella Academy drops a Sparrow Academy themed season three teaser. Have you watched the show? Yeah, it's good. It? Yeah. It's good. I would recommend it. Mm hmm. So, yeah, apparently Umbrella Academy is getting a season three. There's a sneak peek that's going on. Uh, there's some clips from the show uh, that came about during uh, Netflix's uh, Geeked Week uh, 2022, which has happened this week, which some of that I need to check out. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think you could... I'm, I'm going to assume that those clips are online for people to check out uh, because of that. So, yeah, there you go. Next... AMC has announced that Tales of the Walking Dead, the fourth show set in Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead universe, will premiere on August 14th. Rather than a serial show akin to the original Walking Dead, Tales of the Walking Dead is an anthology show made up of six one-hour standalone episodes, each of which focuses on a mix of both new and established characters from the universe. Hey, Walking Dead fans, there's still a few out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to watch it. Gotta milk them zombies. Yep. So, um, Ghostbusters scare up an animated series at Netflix. Jason Reitman is attached. Uh, so this is the real Ghostbusters, apparently, and not uh, the filmation Ghostbusters. <laughs> there, there is a distinction that some people of a certain vintage will will understand. Right. Um, as reported by Variety, Netflix is working on bringing the popular group of spirit hunters back to the world of animation. Uh, while details of the project remain sparse, Sony Pictures Animation is confirmed to be working on the series, and Jason Reitman and Gil uh, Keenan of Ghost Core Inc. Wow, uh, are attached as executive producers. Um, Jason Reitman, I believe, is the son of Ivan. Right. Yeah. So that makes total sense. 
uh, Ivan Reitman. Ghostbusters. You'll put the, put the pieces together. All right, the Ghostbusters animated series does not have a release window yet. Um, and it says the focus of the, the series is also a mem- uh, mystery because uh, many fans may expect certain things but might not be the case. Uh, might be a continuation of that last um, uh, Ghostbusters movie with Paul Rudd and folks from what it sounds like. Possibly. Okay, next. I said I've never watched that movie. Have you? What's that? Ghostbusters Afterlife. I've watched it. It's not bad. Really? You know, it's a little on the annoying side with lots of little kid stuff, you know, like younger kid stuff. But, you know, there's some nice little touches to it. Come to think of it, I didn't see the other one either with uh, Melissa McCarthy either. So, uh, I never watched that all the way through. I did get a free copy of it when I moved, when I when I signed up for... Uh, movies anywhere, right? Oh yeah, we. I feel like we talked about that at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like if you look, if you signed up for movies anywhere, you know, and and uh, so that you can move your uh, digital movie collection anywhere, you know, like uh, yeah. to different uh, uh, services, you got like the 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 fifth born movie. Ice yeah. Age. We had this and- conversation. And I think I ended up getting a different movie than you did. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Anyway, next not a sp- up. Yeah, not a sponsorship, just saying, folks. It's a, it's a thing that's out there. Uh, we're moving over into the anime section. Oh, we are, are we? we? Are. All right. I wonder if there's a spy, uh, spy family stuff you can quote. I don't think there is, but... I mean, I'll look for some. I'd like Spy, Spy X Family. I do, too. It's pretty good, um, especially now that I'm caught up. Um, but anyway, um, go ahead and take this one. Uh, Kakegurui has a new spin-off anime series on the way, and Netflix has revealed the release date for the upcoming Kakegurui twin anime series with its first trailer and poster. Uh, let's see here. All right, so this was first announced to be in the works last fall. Netflix has debuted the first proper trailer and poster for the Kakegurui twin anime series. The spin-off follows Mary Saotome a year before the events of the main series. Okay. All right, that's cool. Yeah, I've, I've never watched this, so... I'm trying to remember. I know some people that like this, and I think it was a school where gambling is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um... So think hard hard work, but for gambling or something like that. I'm not sure. I might be slightly off on that. And I know I've heard like I, said, I, I know some people that liked it, and I know some people were like, "Yeah, it's, it's it's something." So yeah, but it's I guess enough to get a spinoff. It's it's done something. I had to check it out one time. Uh, Bleach creator shares big update on anime's comeback. So. Um, does the update comes from Tite Kubo himself as the artist reached out to uh, fans on his blog excuse me um, the platform which requires uh, a paid subscription to view uh, is often updated with exclusive content what con- wait what platform is this uh, anyway from sketches to letters Kubo uh, posted posts on his blog often and his uh, most recent entry includes a blurry picture of a script for Bleach a thousand year blood war um, you can see the, um, the, uh, the the picture in question right there if you're watching the um, the video version of this and you should sometimes according to Kubo the dubbing process to Bleach is underway 
Uh, the creator did not give any word as to how far the recording has gone, but fans are definitely encouraged by this bit of news. Um, after all, voice actors are the last person to touch an anime as their recording sessions are done once the principal animation is finished. So if the team's already recording their lives overseas, uh, Bleach must be uh, done with some portion of its episode order, according to this article. So that's cool. More Bleach. Yay. So in other words, we also don't know when this is going to come. But nevertheless, more Bleach. Great. Next. Alrighty, so the Yu Yu Hakusho anime posts a special logo for its 30th anniversary project. Okay. It's, uh, uh, let's see. So the TV anime adaptation of uh, supernatural manga Yu Yu Hakusho started airing in Japan in October of 1992 to celebrate its 30th. Yes, we're old. Go ahead. Keep going. Too old for this shit. To celebrate its 30th anniversary, the anime's official Twitter posted a special logo featuring the protagonist Yusuke Urameshi. According to the post, a memorial illustration will also be revealed at uh, on June 10th, later today, apparently. Mm. Uh, <laughs> produced by Studio... Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so there's a, you know, that, that's just a celebration of the, uh, the anniversary. There's some new stuff coming out soon. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, yeah, I think you'll like, um, um, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. It's, it's, yeah. it's Dragon Ball-ish, but it's definitely different. All right. It's on my list. Yeah. So, uh, I'm doing another run of it as we speak, actually. Because <laughs> I think the last season I never did, uh, get through. But yeah, I like, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Shout out to Yusuke. Um, My Hero Academia OVA premiere, Chainsaw Man and Mob Psycho 100, headline Crunchyroll's Anime Expo schedule. So, actually, this is coming up soonish. Uh, Crunchyroll yep. announced his uh, slate of panels and special events for this year's Anime Expo. Uh, the anime streamer announced on his website that it will premiere several new specials and shows at the event which will return to in-person festivities at uh, the L.A. Convention Center from July 1st through the 4th. Crunchyroll will host the North American debut of My Hero Academia's two new animated specials on the first day of the convention, followed by uh, the world premiere premiere of Futo uh, Pai, the new Kamen Rider W sequel uh, anime on July 2nd. Additionally, the, the company will also screen three separate rounds of new simulcast premieres where attendees can watch the first episodes of shows such as uh, Blue Lock, Duvray Deco, and the second season of Classroom of the Elite before they are available on the streaming service. So, yeah, lots and lots of stuff. There will be panels and other stuff. Uh, including a Chainsaw Man uh, panel, Jujutsu Kaisen panel, uh, Mob Psycho 100 panel, etc., etc., etc. So yeah, um, look forward to that, and I'm sure we will be talking about some stuff coming out of there uh, after the fact. Next, oh, I think there's also a Spy X Family panel that we're doing, which I actually kind of want to see. Next, all right, a new Dragon Ball Super superhero poster shows Gohan bursting with power. So the new image of Gohan in his ultimate or mystic form was revealed by the series' official Japanese Twitter account. The new poster was made to promote the film's premiere in Japanese IMAX theaters. Fans in Japan who attend those IMAX screenings will receive a copy of the poster to take home while supplies last. 
the movie is going to debut in Japan in both regular theaters and in IMAX on June 11th this weekend. Wow. So look forward to be on uh, extra extraneous places. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this will, this will probably, never know. Uh, nah, this will probably be a hard one to get. Yeah, just like uh, which one call it? My Hero Academia My Hero. World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, My Hero Academia World Heroes United. Uh, World Heroes Mission, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so either if it does happen, then the, I don't know. The Dragon Ball may or may not. I don't know. I would think I'm still holding on to it. It'll probably be a hard one, just like My Hero. But it's not, I've seen some 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 Dragon Ball stuff kind of get out there in the past. Maybe they've tightened yep. up since then. Yep. Uh, regardless, Crunchyroll is going to confirm that the re- movie is going to release internationally sometime later this summer. So, yep. so it should maybe it won't be too long. Also, I'm curious about this because, well, one, I need to catch up on Super. Two, are they bypassing Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan uh, with Gohan? Because they're talking about a mystic form, and this looks right. like the same coloring that they would use for Super Saiyan God Goku. Right. And I don't even want to go into what Roddy Cat is missing because he's watching <laughs> on Super. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Moving right along. Super Saiyajin God. <laughs> I think this is me. Uh, we're going into um, Manga Corner, but still in... You know, you know what it is, folks. You know what this reminds me of? I, I I didn't even realize this reminded me of. So the the DC Pride book came out this week. Yes, it did. I I I, I didn't I didn't have the patience to read the rest of the stories, mm-hmm. but I read the Kevin Conroy story. Oh yeah, how was it? Good. It was pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I it did. was pretty good. So you know, for anyone who's interested in uh, Kevin Conroy's story, because. Uh, I you know I for one did not know that he was gay for you know up until fairly recently. Right. So uh, it was a very uh, you know a, a very uh, uh, it's it seemed like a, a very uh, you know I'm having a tough time describing it because it's it it seemed like it was such a typical he had such a typical hard path. Right. You know. And it's just, you know, and, and reading is just like, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of remember when it was a lot easier to to say things like that, you know, derogatory things like that, and to hear derogatory things like that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, remember, I've, I've seen people shouting Conroy out about it, and I totally forgot to actually check it out. So, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm definitely going to have to look into that myself. Yeah, I read it. It was, you know, like I I skipped over the rest. I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I was looking specifically for that one. It's the last story in the book. Okay, so it went out with a banger. Got you. Mm-hmm. Um, My Hero Academia showcases Jiru's true strength. So this is coming from the manga. So spoiler alert for chapter 355. Right. This is the story. This is the uh, the issue that came out this past Sunday. Mm, okay. Uh, so it says here that um, this talks about something that happens in chapter 354 where uh, Tokiyami and Jiro combine plow- fire, blah, blah, powers uh, to pull off a last minute save um, and then it goes into uh, a flex by Jiro even further and it gets toe to toe with all for one in battle and some other stuff I am not up on the manga so I have no idea what's going on here but basically, this article is about uh, apparently Jiro was on the come up and and, mm-hmm. showing, and showcasing her. Uh, this was her, right? 
uh, strength. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. Yeah, it's a it it was a it was a pretty cool you know set of splash pages because mm-hmm. the fight against All for One is you know is raging, and you know uh, uh, Kyoka's uh, powers are you know uh, reminiscent of Banshee mm-hmm. and Siren, but different. So you know just to see you know just to see her go all out is always fun. <laughs> gotcha. Next up. We're in the comic oh. book news now. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Marvel's Bucky Barnes embraces his Winter Soldier legacy in Cold Front. Uh, Cold Front comes from New York Times bestselling author Mackenzie Lee and artist Tula Lote, with this being the third novel in Lee's Marvel Rebels and Renegade series following Loki, where mischief lies in Gamora and Nebula, Sisters in Arms. The Winter Soldier Cold Front releases in 2023 and takes a hard look into the life of James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, and the powerful Winter Soldier enemy he's forced, he's forcefully turned into during World War II. Okay, so this is, what, like a, a, a YA book? I believe so. It seemed like it was prose, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, why name an artist? Maybe just for the cover? Yeah, sure. That sounds like, well, I mean, that sounds like a prose thing to do, though. yeah. So yeah, it definitely sounds like a prose book. It looks like a prose book. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the artist is just for the cover, maybe for like some interior vis- interior visuals. That's about it. Perhaps, or maybe it is a gra- graphics card disguised as a uh, as a prose book. Dun dun dun. Uh. <laughs> anyway, rebels, renegades must stay paid. Um, to coin that phrase, Captain America: Symbol of Truth writer teases Black Panther villain as Sam Wilson's Red Skull. So yeah, we we talked about that. For, wait, wait, when's the next issue come out? Do we know? No idea. Okay. Anyway, um, but we did pretty much talk about the fact that um, um, the White Wolf of uh, Wakandan fame, and not Bucky Barnes, uh, the the comic version of White Wolf, I should say. Uh, showed up at the end of uh, Sam's book um, and recruited Crossbones to help him uh, achieve his evil goals, according to this article. Um, and it says here, even though the White Wolf is more associated with the Black Panther franchise, Onibuchi revealed that he has plans to build up the character to be Sam Wilson's opposite, similar to Steve Rogers and the Red Skull. Um... Marvel.com asked the Captain America symbol of truth writer why he chose to bring White Wolf over to the world of from from the world of Black Panther. And he says, uh, I first learned of him while doing my research prep for Black Panther Legends and was like, hold up, T'Challa has a brother and he's older and he's white. <laughs> why does it sound like that? Uh, that, that episode of Luke Cage. Yo, she got a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he was like, um, uh, anyway, Hunter is such a rich character, and I knew I had to work with him again. Uh, it sounded like a re- movie director talking about an actor. Uh, one thing that was important for me to, in building Sam's place in the canon is that he's at one point going to have to deal with uh, having an opposite. Someone who represents the probable opposite of everything he stands for. And I guess that is um, the White Wolf in this, uh, Hunter in this case. I guess we'll find that out. Next. Uh, let's see here. So Christopher Cantwell, the writer of Iron Man, uh, talks about, 
Tony Stark proposing uh, in an upcoming issue of Iron Man, Iron Man number 20. Uh, he's, uh, he talks about Tony Stark asking Patsy Walker to marry him. So, you know, there's some story. He talks about story context as to why he's doing that when he's doing it. And there's a lot there for both of them to process. They're in each other's lives for good. He would say it just depends on the future. Okay. Yeah, that's not always true in the, in the MU. The only people who actually stay together is Reed and Sue. Yeah. So we'll see that as we believe in. Tony has had some, has had a, um, a lineup, let's say. Yes. <laughs> kind of tumultuous there. Yes, indeed. So if this is the case, then I'll believe it when I see it. And I'll still get upset about it because like, there are so many other people that could have stayed together way longer than if this happens. Anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> don't get me started about Bill Foster again because that came up recently on the internet. Um, Spider-Man turns 60 as of June 5th. So happy birth, happy anniversary, happy birthday, Spidey, by the way. That's all, pretty much the only reason why I brought this up, actually. Um, because the actual, the actual birthday was on June 5th. Uh, and we already talked about the Amazing Fantasy 1000 that's coming out next, uh, that's later this year to, to mark that, uh, um, the occasion. And then I think the rest of us is talking about fan tweets and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Happy birthday, Spidey. Next. So in a story brought to us by our very own at TimDog98, Marvel's Hellfire Gala covers say goodbye to an X-Men team and teases a Wolverine and Spider-Man team up. So Marvel has released a set of covers for X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, featuring a look at Krakoa's current X-Men team before a new lineup is unveiled, along with a team up between Wolverine and Spider-Man. The second annual Hellfire Gala is turning into a can't-miss event that will send shockwaves through the Marvel Universe. So, um, you know, this is going to be a lead-in to AXE Judgment Day uh, event, the event series. It will also tie into Immortal X-Men, X-Men, and The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. And actually just reminded me of something I meant to, to bring up earlier with Ms. Marvel. Sadly, we will not get the her first team-up. I, I very much doubt we're going to see... Because um, if folks remember from reading the first volume, her first team up and fangasm was with Wolverine in the mm. sewers. Uh, and sadly, we will definitely, I, I can safely say that we won't be getting that in live action. Right. Uh, and anything surrounding their conversations on that. So that's that, that part kind of sucks. But anyway, uh, speaking of AXE, um, there's a trailer for Judgment Day AXE, uh, AXE Judgment Day, which sounds like a wrestling thing, um, that has been put out. And it teases the war that's brewing between the Avengers of X-Men and the Eternals. Uh, as folks know, it's a six-issue series that'll spin out of multiple limited series, multiple one-shots and tie-ins. So buckle up for that again. I would say it's been a minute since we've had one of those, but it has, really has not been that long. Uh, Marvel's newest trailer shows the first artwork from the debut issue also. So, yeah. And then the, the article goes on to with a soundbite from, well, with a quote from uh, Karen Gillian and such. But you can check out the trailer in the article in the show notes. Thanks. I'm sorry. I'm just flipping through this preview work for preview art of uh, the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? The first looks? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Feels mm-hmm. like it was just yesterday that the first Hellfire Gala was going on, right? I know, right? It does kind of, even though it's been a year, almost to the yeah. to the to the date. Mm-hmm. So, as we discussed earlier in uh, in our uh, our quickie talk on Dark Crisis number one, Deathstroke just killed a major DC hero. It's not major. Well, it's major for some people. Please. He's not even major for the Titans. Let me stop. That's not. That's cruel. That's not. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's not. That's nice. not nice. I know. That's a I know. Big fan of the Titans. I, I know. No, I'm a fan oh. of the Titans too, and I and I like that character also. But they, this, I felt like this. This article was a little bit hyper. I'm like major DC hero. Come on. Calm down. Calm down. Right. But yeah, as we talked about earlier, Destro, uh, quote unquote, accidentally killed a a, a DC hero. If right. it was a and major, it's, it's definitely not one of the Trinity, so it's not major. Yeah. So, so ultimately, the, the death of this character was teased by Joshua Williamson, and he says that it's important to the whole story, and it's not a throwaway thing. Okay. Sure. They, that's the, how many times have they said that in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking on that front, we also know that the, which we already knew the Justice League is not dead. Um, according to this next article, so DC reveals the shocking truth behind the murdered, quote unquote, Justice League. Um, so yeah, the, it says here the Justice League may not have been murdered by Pariah and the Dark Army, um, as revealed in Justice League seventy five, coming into Dark Crisis. Um, apparently, they were kidnapped to an entirely different reality. Spoiler alert. Uh, which again doesn't feel like the first time that's happened. Because I feel like when didn't they when they died that other time when they in the, another reality or something or got shunted somewhere else or whatever the case may be. Regardless, um, Tenny Howard, uh, the writer of Worlds uh, Without a Justice League, Wonder Woman, uh, posted a cover revealed of the upcoming one shot of to her Substack, which is a thing now. Um, along with showing you the new look for the titular superhero and a cover created by uh, Leila DeLuca, uh, Del Duca, excuse me. Howard also dropped some synopsis information revealing that the Justice League is, at least to some degree, still alive. Um, and it kind of goes on from there. We're not going to, we don't, don't really right. need to go into all of that. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again at some point soon. Or not. Who's to say? Next up. I wanted to, I wanted to mention before we moved on that uh, the ending of Shadow War Yes. Shadow War Omega uh, is what leads into dark in, into uh, what uh, Deathstroke, the Terminator, is mm-hmm. doing here in Dark Crisis. I feel like that's one not surprising. I feel like that's that was mentioned when we talked about it, or when you talked about it, or when you mm-hmm. mentioned that. So not surprised by right. that. I just wanted to I just wanted to uh, to to emphasize that because I think. Were you behind on that? Did you ever get around to reading I, that? Yeah, I got I got the Shadow War stuff uh, locked up to uh, to start reading to going into the Justice League, the, the Justice League book, but I haven't read it yet. Got it, got it. I just wanted to make sure because I remember you were behind on that. So because right. I was I was skimming it just to see what the 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 high points were. Right. All right. Uh, next up, Robin's costume. Uh, this is Robin Tim Drake gets a slight costume update ahead of his return as the Dark Knight's partner in Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez's Batman run. So he's coming back as Robin uh, under you know for uh, for that for those creators. So that's interesting. 
So, so that's going to begin in July's Batman number 125. Right. So I remember when he was on Just Young Justice, he just went by Drake, and I think that was shortly dropped before that series ended. Because <laughs> I think mm. he went back to Robin even before then. Or people were still calling him Robin then, so I ain't no telling what was going on with that. But yeah, I guess he's back to being the Robin again as opposed to Damien. Yeah, I guess. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, even though I think Damien and, and Bruce had reconciled. Right. Again, so, that's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. But regardless, anyway. Uh, DC's Dark Knights of Steel, which I think came out this week, expands with a prequel spinoff. Uh, so, yeah, Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the Three Kingdoms, comes from writers uh, Tom Taylor, Jay Kristoff, and C.S. Picat. Um, artist Nathan Gooden and others, uh, and cover artist Neil Googe. Uh, the, oh, the one shot which releases this fall is set in the world of Dark Knights of Steel, duh, and tells readers the stories that shape the land and the heroes who live in it. Um, which is not surprised coming from, <laughs> I hate to say that, that was because, you know, hey, look, Injustice had a lot of spinoffs, all right? Had a few spinoffs, so, you know. Not surprising that this is happening here. That's all I'm going to say. Nevertheless, if you've been keeping up with Dark Dark Knights of Steel, then you may be interested in this. So there you go. Next. Uh, Transgender superhero and Supergirl fan favorite Nia Nye, Nia Nall uh, slash Dreamer is about to get her own graphic novel. The news was announced by DC Comics following initial reviews for DC Pride 2022 anthology, which has an introduction penned by Dreamer actress Nicole Maines and reportedly confirms more Dreamer stories. Yeah, so this is the stuff that I flipped past to get to that um, Kevin Conroy stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a release date for the graphic novel has not been set. Uh, the news was announced alongside a piece of promo art from Hickman and Jess Taylor, uniting Dreamer with the characters from the recent DC YA graphic novel, Galaxy, The Prettiest Star. Okay. Jonathan Hickman? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, Rye Hickman. That's the artist. Oh, 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 okay. Like Rye Bread. Gotcha. Like literally like Rye Bread, right? No, Hickman. yeah, I'm seeing this in the it's in the tweet. I got you. That's on the story. All right, cool. Last but not least, Amazon's cam- uh, Comixology removes in-app purchases for Android users and apparently according to this art- uh, article, angering readers yet again. So this is kind of weird because uh, Android, as far as I know, don't have didn't have the same issues that um, Amazon, well, that Apple did with wanting to charge folks in and out of the the app uh, for purchases. So I'm not sure, but according to this article, it says here that um, Comixology announced that Android users will no will no longer be able to buy comics, graphic novels, manga, or subscribe to Comixology Unlimited as of May 31st, which is past now, uh, when they use the Comixology app in Android, specifically um, in the app version 4.01. So I guess if you I, I guess if you don't upgrade, I mean if you don't update the app, I guess you could still could. I don't know. Um, Android users can still read the books that are in their libraries, browse, and preview samples within the app. According to quote, to remain in compliance with Google's updated Play Store policies, purchasing is no longer supported in the Comixology app for Android, uh, according to a statement on the site. Uh, Comixology readers can still do the stuff said, and, and da, 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 da. you could do your purchases on the Amazon site, which 
I'm pretty certain uh, folks did not want to do because the site's not great. <laughs> like if after they changed the site to be Amazon, it, it's it's kind of less usable than what it used to be. So I so now they're just bas- basically pushing people to go straight to the site they didn't want to go to in the first place, and and uh, that's kind of sucky. So I can understand why people are upset. But hey, it says here that they've been making up changes, making updates since the launch. Um, and they've listened to the feedback and will continue to share updates, but probably still won't do anything about it. That was me paraphrasing at the end. If you didn't recognize that. And that, folks, is uh, or editorial, or editorializing. Excuse me. But anyway, that is the end of the news. Uh, let's get one more ad read out of it over here. Our last ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. MCs are jumping out shoes and socks, by the way. You have to be of a certain vintage to get that. Anyway, this is the end of the show, folks. Um, We will be back next week. For more Obi Wan, more Miss Marvel, more comic books, more shenanigans, probably more of Agent Seventy's yelling at sports issues. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> let's let's hope not. Maybe Rangers in seven. <laughs> and with that, folks. Excuse me. I have been Roddy Cat. You can yeah, I in. make Roddy Cat drink when I talk sports. <laughs> Man, Even if, I... if it's not technically sports ball, it's hockey, but I get it. Wow. The hockey fans are in an uproar. Sticks are, sticks are up, folks. Sticks are up. Um, well, but sports ball, because there's no ball. Well, I know, point. but it's still sports ball in the fact that it's just sports. So. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because that, I know that's your way of deriding sports, period. So, a little bit. You know. Just a little bit. A lot of bit. <laughs> at any case, at any case, hey, I could have said foosball, but you know we're not gonna do that. Um, which I feel like I made that. I feel like I made that joke to somebody earlier uh, this week. I don't have any water boy sound effects. I should probably get some. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, you got to get that. Get some Vicky Valley Court. Yeah, exactly. Get some yeah. tackling. <laughs> what you doing? Stealing LT's car. why do i even remember that like that i don't even know uh water sucks it really really sucks oh 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 my god (laughs) anyway folks uh i have been ratty cat you can find me at ratty cat on twitter you can find me at news nurse needle twitter you can find me at cb caps on instagram honestly Waterboy is probably one of the the last best uh adam sandler films i said it come at me i agree I agree. Come at us. Bring the smoke. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to actually think of because all the other shit after that. Anyway, um, that's probably another one, but uh, not as it. Anyway, uh, oh, Water Boy and there's um, uh, what you gonna call it? I was trying to think uh, of the one right after that. The was golf that, one. Happy Gilmore. 
Yeah, was that before or after? Nah, that might have been after. Eh, Happy Gilmore is all right. Yeah, Happy Gilmore is good, you know, because the right. price is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I said, sure, that one's it was all right. Yeah, but Waterboy is probably better. I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the stuff that came after that outside of his run of Netflix. Yeah, that stuff. Um, and anyway, Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC and Underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Network on Twitter. Pop Culture Network dot com and all those umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G nine eight the Osiris that is ish. Um, you can find him at Tim D O G G nine eight. Like I said, you can also find him at CB Caps on which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, go give it a follow. You can also find him at the click nation on twitter that's v k l i q n a t i o n all one word theclicknation.com and of course he's over at comicbook.com where he's writing his face off go check that man's uh, man's stuff out over there um you could find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today you can also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Apple, uh, aka Apple's Podcast, Spotify, or the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, speaking of the CSPN site, I know all of our stuff for some strange reason looks like it's coming up on the same thing, same um, same text. But if you click through, it's it's uh it gives you the correct stuff. I don't know why I'm have to talk to them about that and it seems to be only our stuff coincidentally. But anyway, hopefully that'll get get uh straightened out. Uh you can find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish PM on the the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and hit the notification button. Yeah. Um, and that's it, folks. Like I said, we'll be back next week for everything that I said earlier. Um, uh, getting closer and closer to movie protocol also. So we will definitely let you know what happens with that. And with that, this has been Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. Wakanda forever! You believe-